Hey kids, this is CJ Ramon of the world famous Ramones and you're listening to The Dummy Room. This is the big time, girly. This is rock and roll. Hey everybody, you're in the dummy room. I'm Jody Have Not Joined, as always, by Mr. Nasty Nate Menace Tobels. What's up, dude? And Demolition's in there somewhere at one point. I was thinking, what would my Huntington name be? He'd be Nady. Nady? Like those old wirelesses. Nady, huh? Nady. Nady Huntington. <laughs> uh, I'll take that. Nasty I'll take Nady, Nady over. Uh, I'll take. I'll take Nady over Nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, man. Uh, episode ninety, super huge, huge uh, Huntington's episode album release next week, right? Yeah, big Huntington special. Uh, we've been we've been planning this for for uh, like two months maybe. We well we've been talking to him forever, um, kind of piecing these things together. So. Um, everything's done. It's going to be a long one. We know this, right? We do know it's going to be a long one. <laughs> it's kind of like four big interviews all stuck together to celebrate yeah. the new Huntington's record. The first one in 17 years. We've been loving it. We want to do something special. You know? Yeah. You know what's awesome is I've seen like we've been in talks of doing this. And ever since we started talking to the guys about uh, when they're going to be on and shit, they start appearing on other podcasts and stuff, yeah. which I haven't listened to any of them. Yeah. But um, you know, we had to we had to beat all those other guys, so we just got all of them together, <laughs> yeah. and one huge episode. Um, it's fun, a little weird because you know you talk to one guy about the new record. What do you talk to the next guy about? But um, I think each one went really well. I think we talk, you know, different things. You know, of course. It was cool to talk to Cliffy again. Yeah, it's always good to talk to Cliffy, dude. He's a total gear guy. So if you're a gear guy, um, yeah, Cliff's, Cliff's the one. But Mike was fun, and uh, was, yeah, they're all great. Chris, Josh, Mike, Cliff—they're yeah. all—they're all. Josh, really fun. Josh has a really cool story. <laughs> it's all about Anyways. a good time. Nothing but a good time, really. So sit through the, you know, three hours, whatever it's going to take to get to Josh, because it's worth it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so just buckle up and uh, strap yourselves in for Huntington special here on the Dummy Room. Yeah, hey, uh, real quick before, because I know this episode's long and no one wants to hear us talk right now. Um, next week, I got a real dude. I got a really cool story that involves a cinder block. Okay. I gotta tell you next week about right. this thing. Don't let me forget. Um, and also, I think we're gonna do a classic album review. Oh yeah, that's right. So um, I thought let's have a little contest. See who's paying attention. See who's listening. What, like whoever guesses what? Yeah, exactly. Whoever do. guesses what album we're gonna do, um, just post about it in in a in the thread um, underneath this episode's post. Sure, underneath this right. ep- anywhere yeah. in the W Room group, I don't care. Post what album you think we're gonna be talking about. Yeah, what album do you think we'll do next on a classic album review? Yeah. Is it gonna be? Uh, Darlington? I mean, is it going to be the Dwarves? Is it going to be Enemy You? <laughs> is it going to be Sinkhole? Is it going to be... Who's it going to be? 
uh, yeah, so take a guess, and there'll be a prize. It might not be anything really cool, but it'll be a prize. Yeah, it wins something. Maybe Nate will do the idea I came up with earlier that involved lipstick and ass and a big-ass canvas. You never know. <laughs> that might be the one. <laughs> depends on depends on the winner, I suppose. Yeah, no shit. But all right, yeah. So we're going to get right to it. What do you think, Nate? Uh, let's do it. D-U-M-M-Y-R-O-O-M. Coming up next, we got a guest. We got a guest. Coming up next, coming up next. We got a guest. We got a guest. Coming up next. And now, Chris Hiller. Uh, having CJ on the dummy room was a big deal for Jody and I, and, uh, you... Chris Eller, we're totally instrumental in that. So first off, just thanks, man. Oh, you're very welcome, man. I'm really glad it worked out, man. It was a great interview. I loved listening to it, and my girlfriend doesn't really give two shits about the punk rock scene or whatever, and she was really <laughs> into it, and uh, so that's kind of how I. That's like the benchmark. She really enjoyed it, so I was like, yeah, that's good. You know, <laughs> she was like, let's listen to that. You know, we were listening to it driving around Christmas Day, like from family house, from one family to another family's house and she's like yeah you know we got to listen to the rest of that you know re- listen to the rest of the episode so she really dug it so cool. that's how i knew it that's how i knew it was really good but i enjoyed it you know just hearing awesome. everything even though i've heard all the stories a million times everything that he talked about but it's still you know he's got great stories man he's a great interview so i knew it was going to be a good one so i'm glad everything worked awesome. out man Yep. Hey, before we get into all this great Huntington's talk, man, let's just cover the CJ thing real quick because I don't know the story of how. I mean, how did you end up in CJ's band? How'd you get that gig? Uh, well, I know CJ mentioned kind of like how important it is to kind of like take your shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like go out, you know, take some chances in life, and that was pretty much what happened. Um, I remember I was laying in bed one night, and he was on tour at the time. This is back in 2014. I think it was 2014. Um, anyway, I, I was laying in bed one night. I was kind of watching like some some of his YouTube videos of this tour that he was on. And I'm watching the videos, and I'm like, man. I'm like, I was just, I don't know why. I was just feeling like kind of cocky that night. I'm like, I could play these songs so much better than, <laughs> you know, who he had playing. And, and to be honest, I'm not, it's not like I'm trying to, throw any one other but i don't remember who was playing uh drums for him at the time um but i was like man we could do this so much better like it sounds good but it's still missing that like you know the guitar players weren't doing downstrokes or anything and i'm like man you know it really has to be done better than that and so i just kind of <laughs> i just went out on a limb and i just sent him a thing on facebook and i was like hey man you know not for nothing like if you ever need players you know, I play in a band called the Huntington's and, um, we could totally help you out if you ever need some, you know, some guys to play with. And, um, the guys that he was playing with at the time were out in California and Tim being a New York guy at the time, um, you know, rehearsals were kind of non-existent, like, you know, to prep for a tour, you know, he'd have to fly out to California or fly these guys out, like, you know, a week earlier, it's just to, you know, just to get tour ready. And to us, that wasn't a problem. You know, it was like four and a half hours up the road and we were at, we were on Long Island where he lived. And, um, so I kind of volunteered myself and Josh okay. because at the time I didn't have any, I didn't have, um, I didn't have a kid. 
Josh didn't have a kid. I wasn't in a relationship. Josh was, you know, we were both available to do it. And Josh, you know, so I'd said, you know, me and our guitar player, Josh would be more than happy to help you guys out. And so, uh, I sent him the message and then I let Josh know. And I was like, Hey, I reached out to CJ. Um, and I kind of volunteered us to be his band. And he's like, what? He's like, why would, why would you do that? Like, he's not, there's no chance he's going to write back. And I said, yeah, I know. But you know, I just, I, and I was kind of, I had a few drinks that night. So that probably loosened me up a little bit, you know? And so Josh was like, well, there's no chance he's gonna he's gonna write you back. Blah 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 blah. And I said, yeah, I know, I get it. And I wasn't expecting anything either. But every day, <laughs> I didn't hear back from CJ. Josh would call me, and be like, "Do you hear anything?" You know. So <laughs> he was like, he was into it, but he was just like, if you hear back from, he's just gonna be nice, and there's not gonna be any chance of of it happening or whatever. So I said, dude, I get it. It's all good. Like, I just, it would be cool just to, like, have a little chat with him online. That's all I really cared about, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, you know, sure as shit, he was like, he wrote me back, and he was like, you know, what's your number? And I'll be in touch. And, um, you know, so I gave him my phone number. I didn't hear anything for, like, a week, two weeks maybe. Then all of a sudden, I was at work one day, and I got a, I got a call from a New York number. And it didn't even click. It didn't even, like, register in my head, like, you know, I was expecting a call from him or whatever. So I got a call from a New York number and I, I ignored it. I like cut it off, you know, cause I was like, <laughs> figured it was like a bill collector or a, you know, whatever. I just, I, I declined it. So then, um, two minutes later I got a text from that same number and he's like, Hey Chris, this is CJ. You know, I want to, you know, talk about some stuff or whatever that I need. And, uh, you know, he said, call me whenever. So yeah. So I called him back and, um, he knew who the Huntingtons were. And to be honest with you, at the time, I wasn't even in the Huntingtons. Like <laughs> I was lined up to like, I was lined up to fill in for them for a couple shows and those shows hadn't even happened. So I hadn't even played with the Huntingtons at the time, but I knew that because the Huntingtons played with Joey yeah. way back when that he would probably know the name. And so it wasn't just some random, like, guy off the street which i technically at the time i was you know <laughs> I, I figured there would be a better chance of him saying oh yeah, yeah yeah i know these guys i know they can hang and play you know this style and so that was kind of my way you know my way in to talk to him so he uh so i called him and he was like yeah you know i need a guitar player oh, i'm no. like well i'm a drummer dude like you know right. what i mean like i'm a drummer what about what about me and he's like i'm going to cuba this is when he was setting up those cuba shows i don't know if you remember those but he went down to cuba right. and played a few shows like right when the uh embargo ended i guess and he was like one of the first guys from america to go down and play cuba and he wanted a guitar player so i was like well that sucks i was like but yeah here's josh's number so i hooked him up with josh and you know, long story short, things kind of fell through with Josh going to Cuba, but he was like, I need, I need a band to record, um, a Beach Boys song for the, um, seven inch split with the Mangies.
so he was like, if you guys can, if you guys can help me with that, you know, uh, it, let's do it. And I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. And I didn't have any studio lined up. I didn't know the first person to call, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but I wasn't going to say no. So I was like, I, I confirmed it. I was like, yep, we're in. And then, um, then I got to work and he came down on a Friday night. We rehearsed on a Friday night. And then that Saturday, the next day is when we went into the studio that I kind of like cold called. And I was like, I got CJ Ramon from the Ramones coming in. Can you help <laughs> us out? And so it was cool for the engineer, I guess, because it was just a totally out of the blue call, but he was able to help us out. And that's when we did um, the Surfer Girl song yeah. that we did with the Mangies. So that was that. And then, um, yeah, and then after that, it was kind of, you know, from there on out, you know, about a month later, he called us and asked if we could do like 10 days in Europe with him. And, you know, we're like, yeah, absolutely. So, and, and that was the first tour we did with him. And then after that, it was like, the tours just kept rolling in and that was that. So it's awesome, man. I know it's a long story, but it's, oh, it's still a cool story. People don't really believe that's how it went down, but it was just kind of a, it was a <laughs> Facebook message like, yo, what's up? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's crazy. So that's how it went. Wow. So my next question is, was Cliffy like all hurt? Like, dude, you could have asked me, you know? Uh, no, cause Cliff had two kids and I knew that he wasn't going to be able to, um, he wasn't going to be able to fulfill those. Like, you know, if we were going over, if we were going overseas, like he had two, two young children at the time. Gotcha. Um, so I just, I kind of knew that me and Josh had the ability to kind of like at any given moment, stop what we're doing and go tour. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. pretty much how it went down. Like, we would get told about a tour a month before we leave. And we're like, you know, it'd be like, you know, an email would come through and we're like, all right, we're going to do a month and a half in Europe in a month. You know what I mean? So it was, it was pretty much like fly by the seat of our pants, like not really knowing what was coming up. You know what I mean? So yeah. I knew that I, you know, I knew Cliff wouldn't have been able to do that. And he was totally cool with it and totally supportive because at this point, before our first tour with him, was when I was asked when I was asked to um, join the Huntingtons full time. So for him, it was cool because it was like, yeah, two guys from the Huntingtons are going out with CJ, and that kind of, you know, opened the door for more exposure for our band. Yeah, you know what totally. I mean? So it, it so it worked out, and Mike and Cliff couldn't have been happier for us or more supportive. So it it was really cool for a while. Yeah. And it, it like totally cemented the fact that the Huntingtons are like forever linked to the Ramones. Not only do they play with Joey, but now two of the dudes have been in a band with CJ. You know what I mean? So yeah, like, and they did they did before I was in the band. They obviously they, before I was in the band. Right. Um, they did uh, they did a tour with Mark out in Europe as well. And we're able to, I don't think they ever did anything like during the actual sets, but they established a relationship with Mark and, you know, did sound checks with them. And so there's kind of like, there's been definitely, the, there's been that whole Ramones connection the whole time. But yeah, that certainly like our relationship as a, as a whole now, like not just mine and Josh's, but our whole band, you know, we're very, you know, Cliff and CJ you know 
they're on a personal personal relationship basis and cj's been kind of like a a mentor you know not just to me and josh but i think with our band as well and um so it's been really cool to have that have that relationship with him you know what i mean Mm -hmm. great so when you joined the huntingtons you were you were you thought you were just going to be a live drummer but did you ever think you were going to make a new record um no i i honestly i didn't really because i don't think early on like when i joined i joined the band in 2015 and mike the band kind of goes in the direction that mike wants to go and so all three of us were you know me josh and cliff were like we always kind of were talking like, Hey, we should do a new album. We should do a new album. But we didn't know where Mike's head was at. You know what I mean? So it was kind of, if Mike wanted to do it, then we'd all be on board. If Mike didn't want to, then nothing was going to really happen. And you know, so Mike is kind of the leader of the band. And if, you know, he's gonna, if he wants to write a new album with us, then that's what it was going to be. But I did early on when I joined, there wasn't any talks of of writing a new album like at all i think Mm -hmm. we finally when we started talking about the possibility of writing new songs was um i want to say probably a month before we really started writing new songs you know it wasn't like um you know there wasn't any early indications that it was going to happen or not but i didn't think so personally i was just like oh i'll be a live drummer and that's cool with me because I love the Huntington's and it was, you know, it's an awesome gig and I love the guys. And, um, but no, there was no, I honestly, I didn't think that we'd be, you know, we'd be doing a, uh, doing an album together for sure. Was was there something like, uh, something in Mike's life, you know, like did he, did he go see a band that kicked ass and he just got the juices going again or was it? No, I think like that or I don't, I don't think it was anything in particular. I think it was, the fact that we just kept booking these shows and it was more so like, well, what are we still doing? Like, are we just going to like sit around and, and like book these shows and play at the same, you know, play in Baltimore once every few months and go out and do a little weekend here and there yeah. and just playing these same songs. Like it was kind of getting stale because the way we were structuring our set list was like, we'll change it up because we'll do start doing like deeper cuts that you know probably people haven't ever heard before play live yeah and so you know it was just kind of get i could tell things were kind of getting stale a little bit and but i don't think with mike it was one thing in particular like mike doesn't really go out it's not like mike's very set in his ways you know so it's not like he went to see a band one night was like or heard a, a band's new album and was like had this like this moment of clarity where he was like, this is what we need to do. I think it was just, um, we were just bored. We were bored with doing the same stuff. I think it was just that simple. And, um, and that's when he kind of got on board with it. So obviously I'm really happy he did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So us too. I I think it's just, I think a guy like that, he just writes good songs and he just, that's what he does. You know, I don't think he can really ever get away from that you know unless you completely walk away and do something different if you're still playing music you're you're still going to have those ideas and you just have to do something with them right so. and and the songs that we had i mean it was kind of um like our first couple practices that we had it was kind of obvious that these songs had kind of been in the works for a while because they had 
bridges. They had, you know, there was definitely a structure to these, to the songs that we started writing like early, you know what I mean? So it was like, all right, I know you've been kind of working on this for a few months now, or maybe he (laughs) hasn't. And maybe they've just been in his back pocket this whole time, but you're right. What you said about Mike, I mean, he's such a great songwriter, you know, like songs in the key of you is a hundred percent Mike. He's just he's written so many great songs. I think he's one of the most underrated songwriters in punk punk rock, too, like man. in our in our definitely. Band. You know what I mean? But it's I always been, felt like the whole tag that they were on tooth and nail, so they were Christian punk. Like a lot of people, like you know, people look down on them because of that. You know well, what I mean? Well, sh- yeah, I mean, sure it did. Like, 
but but I was I was the same way. Like I didn't give a shit what label they were on. Me you know either. what I mean? Yeah, like, no, the songs are great. I mean, uh, yeah. When I started listening to Huntington's, I'm like, I didn't even know what label they were on, and it didn't matter to me. Like once I found out, it was like, who cares? You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like I could put them right next to Weasel, and I could put them right next to the Queers and all these other bands that are all in that this genre of ours as like being like the songs the songs are still just as good as these other bands but you're right because it was the whole well they're christians and this that and the third and it's like well okay so does that make the song qualities any yeah it's not like striper where they're like actually singing about (laughs) jesus you know what i mean so right i mean if you listen to that if you if you listen to them without knowing what label they're on you just listen to their albums they don't mention no, any. You would never know anything like, about there's it. There's no religious undertones in any of their songs. No, yeah. And, and if there are, they're so deep rooted to where you would have no idea. Yeah, you know what like I mean. Some obnoxious like but, sales pitch. But now, like, but now, I guess with me joining the band, it's pretty much cemented the fact that that tag is gone. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I'm not like sitting here like sacrificing animals or anything like that in the name of Satan, but no, you gotta save that for the stage, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I just consider I play in a bitch and punk rock band. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and that's what I, how I've always viewed them. And yeah, me too. you know, the guys, if they want to have their personal beliefs, that's cool. I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, no, no, there's um, not a problem with the judgmental the... or anything because I have mine and I don't expect to be judged exactly for my beliefs and I and I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so I do think really that cool, that hurt but... their like uh, their their place in the pop punk world because people just didn't give them a chance a lot of times, and it was stupid because the Huntington's are one of the greatest, you know what I mean? Well, well, I look at like I look at an album like Fun and Games, and I'm like, that's a Lookout Records album, totally. You know what I mean? Like, high school rock that album should be on right like that there that's a those are lookout albums and i or you know even if you wanted i don't even like fat records to an extent you know but they'll never get that love from those from those labels or from whoever runs those labels because of that stigma of like we don't want any band that has to do with religion on our label you know what i mean so but it was always stupid to me like it was just the dumbest thing in the world because i'm like dude the huntington's when i was when i was growing up and listening to them i'm like this band is better than half of the bands that you know that that were kind of in that pop punk genre in my opinion yeah totally dude so let me uh let me let me jump in here real quick i got it's a two-part question for you um so jody prefers the uh Mike's voice, you know, Mike's Mike's voice, but I prefer kind of right. like Mike's Joey's voice. <laughs> um, so first part is, what do you prefer? And if you could have played on any of those, the, the more classic Huntington's albums, which one would it be? Mm. I really like, this is tough, man, because I, I like <laughs> both. I like both the voices. I like both Mike voices. However, I think, personally, I think Get Lost is probably the in my opinion, the best Huntington's album. You are correct. So I would have to say, I mean, just based on that, just based on that, I would have to go with Mike's Joey voice. I prefer. Yeah. Um, But that's not saying anything negative to his regular singing voice because he does his regular singing voice 
a lot on the new album, and I think it sounds yeah, really good. Rules. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, so I guess by just by default, <laughs> just based on the album that he really like encompasses the whole Joey um, imitation thing has to go. I, I have to go with the Joey voice. I honestly, I like them both, man. I mean, yeah, me I love too. Songs in the Key of You, right. and I love Get Lost, and they're completely different albums. And I, I think it's just, he just got a range on him, you know? Right, exactly. It's versatile. And, uh, right, and you kind of could still hear that little hint of the Joey imitation on Songs in the Key of You. I mean, it's still, like, kind of yeah. there. You it's know what I mean? But A it's, little bit. It's also, it's It's just not as in a, such a lower, it's like his voice, but... It, singing joey parts but without the lower joey register you know what i mean and all the, and the, like those little sections where it'd be like oh, oh. you know like <laughs> samantha you know that little uh, yeah. parts oh. like all those little things yeah that you're like oh that's that joey would do that joey would have done Absolutely. that and mike's like kind of just embodies that like you know that cool unique voice that joey yeah. had yeah, dude. but yeah, i mean joey's joey's voice is joey's joey you know what i mean like exactly. nobody's gonna perfectly Mike it's, comes pretty um, damn close, do his dude. Voice. And even on the new record, I think that I don't want to die alone. Absolute Ramones yeah. song. You know what I mean? Joe, yeah, I can hear Joey one, doing that. That one for sure. Yep. But he's kind of doing it in his voice, but still the Joey like isms. Fucking rules. Yeah, well, that was certainly one of those songs that we were like, um, he kind of wanted that 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 ramones he really wanted to go after that ramones vibe like Big time. mondo bizarro definitely kinda, you know what i mean sure. like, like yeah and and um and so yeah that song in particular on the new album i definitely think um that was intentional like he really yeah. you know wanted to kind of embody that um that sound um so it, part of your second question, what album would I want to play on? Um, I get, I mean, I guess Get Lost is my favorite album. So, I, well, you know what? I take that back because we did Get Lost a few times live, like all the way through, like on certain shows we did the whole album in its entirety. Uh, eh, hmm, that's a tough one. I've never thought about that. Um, I... I don't know. Uh, I guess hmm. a brand Plastic new ripped surgeon. out Sweet Sixteen. What's going on? Yeah, sweet <laughs> yeah. Sweet. If we could, if we could, like, I know Mike hates those albums just because his voice is so unpolished at that point. So I'm not going to say, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I guess I'll say, I'll say Plastic Surgery. I want to know why. Tell me that everything is cool and roll your eyes You just don't know how that hurts me so And what can I do to convince you to let me go Or was it something that I said or something that I did Something that I lost or something that I hit Tell me once again, was it something that I said It's just not right Well it's just not right Every time I try to make sense to you, you 
those songs are really fun to play live yeah that's a good so one. you know what i mean and it's it's probably not their i'm sure it's it's obviously it's not their most popular album uh, but that one is the songs are a lot of fun to play like moral threat i love playing that one live i know you guys don't like it and i remember one of you guys saying you didn't like that song or whatever but you know it's one of the more aggressive songs but mm-hmm. i like those songs you know what i mean so yeah yeah, I would have enjoyed recording that one for sure. But Mike Pierce killed it, so you know, yeah, it is what it is. So you're going first here on this whole special thing. So when we get Mike in here, uh, maybe next, maybe after that, we don't even know yet. But um, is he gonna get pissed at us for calling it, you know, the Joey voice and shit? Or <laughs> oh no, no. I mean, he hears it all the time. And that, in okay. fact, that was that was like the first thing that when I first met Mike, I was like, I I was really hoping that he was still i the first time i saw the huntington's it was really like 2000 it actually it was the first tour that cliff was not in the band so 2001 maybe um but anyway i I was really kind of hoping that they were going to still do the good the bad and the ugly thing like in between the songs like great to be back in barcelona like all that stuff i was really hoping that he was (laughs) i I was hoping he was going to do all that and he he didn't and so we kind of you know busted his balls a little bit about that um so he's we and and he i'm telling he hears it all the time so he he definitely wouldn't be pissed off about that Uh, he gets it quite often yeah so on the new record what's your favorite song oh oh um damn that's a that's a tough question man um I have my favorite. I think the album is it's it's got some variety on there, right? So it's I, I lean towards different. the love songs, you know, sort of. But yeah, it's 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 more of a darker album, really. Like kind of overall, like there's certainly there's like pop love songs. There's a couple of them on there, but mm-hmm. overall, it's a pretty dark album. Um, as far as my favorite one, I would have to say probably not Penny's Boat. I think is probably that's my, my favorite one. That's my favorite too. Yeah, yeah I, I that think that. Too. Yeah, I think that one's my favorite, and just because, you know, it's kind of takes it kind of grabs a lot of different things from over the Huntington's career, kind of like you know encapsulates like kind of everything in one song, and it's different enough to where it's like that's it. Just kind of seems like one of those songs that it's like they've kind of grown as a band you know what i mean yeah and maybe maybe i'm 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 wrong in my assessment of the song maybe nobody will pick up on that but to me it kind of 
it's different enough to where it's like, yeah, it doesn't really sound like anything we've ever really done. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense yeah. just by listening to it, but you know, the way Mike sings, the key changes, um, but it's still very Huntington's. It's a very yeah. Huntington song. You know what I mean? But Definitely. it's just different enough to where it's like, it's just kind of a, a refreshing change to me. It, it, so it almost, uh, it would almost fit on any of the records. It would fit on mm-hmm. high school rock or plastic surgery or even songs in the key of you. Right. Right. But the songwriting itself, and, and it's a pretty personal song to, um, to Mike and to the other guys in the band. Um, you know, it kind of hit everybody. Like when we finally heard the lyrics and what the song was really about, it was kind it was more, it was more of a personal song for us than we knew going into it. Cause we didn't know any of the lyrics, you know, Mike recorded all the vocals in one day. That's when we heard the lyrics to all the songs, wow. you know? So, um, you know, we finally heard that song come together. So that song in particular was kind of like, wow, that's a really strong song. Um, so yeah, so I'd say that one, but you know, there's a couple other ones on there that I really enjoy listening to. Um, I really like the slammer. I think that one's yeah. That's the one that has the trooper in the middle, the... right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah maiden so, in there. Yeah. So whose idea yeah, was that? So th- that was Josh's. So Josh cool. wrote that song. Okay. Um, Josh wrote that one, and it was kind of you know it was arranged further by us, but Josh Josh wrote the lyrics to that song, and that's uh, a true story about. Um, I, I guess I'll let Josh. Explain. I don't want to steal Josh's thunder, but um, <laughs> right. so. But it is that's a true story about somebody that he knows that's kind of had a lot of trouble with the law, you know. So um, if Josh wants to go into more detail about that, I'll let him. But um, cool. so yeah, so the trooper um, little part was um, about Maryland State Troopers pulling over this person in particular. <laughs> so it just kind of fit, yeah. and Josh loves Iron Maiden, so he was like kind of itching to kind of squeeze that little part in there somewhere. And it just kind of fit right in there. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I thought that was cool. Like that was just unique enough to where it was like that made that song stand out more so than just like kind of one of our just, you know, generic, like, driving fast beat songs you know it was just, you know you hear that and you're like oh that's cool you know that yeah. that's different so yeah so i got a, a two-part question about the title of the record well maybe three parts sure. a how the hell do you say it properly b <laughs> thank you who came up with it and c is i mean whoever came up with it is it kind of a nod to like you know if i could michael monroe <laughs> like hanoi rocks or what? Well, it was it was actually um, first part is I, I believe it's pronounced Muerto Carcel or Rock and Roll. That's what I thought, but probably, I didn't want to butcher it. <laughs> you could probably roll some of the R's in Rock and Roll, right? Uh, but it, it but, translates um, to Dead Jailer Rock and Roll. Correct. So that album title came from the fact that Get Lost was originally supposed to be called Dead Jailer Rock and Roll. Okay. So that was always kind of like in the back pocket of title that they wanted to use and um basically it we translated it to spanish one because i don't know we thought it was just kind of different and unique and you know yeah it'd be a little bit difficult for people to remember or to pronounce or whatever but we didn't care um, cool. and then the ramones adios amigos <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was in spanish 
So exactly, it just kind of like it fell back into that whole Ramones. That's cool. Theme, I guess, but um, not implying that this is our last album. It's not. But um, but anyway, um, the the title comes from you know the three parts: dead, jail, or rock and roll. It's like you know, did we just want to let the band die? And just like that's it, like yeah. After all these shows that we've been playing, or it's just done, you know. And then the jail part is, you know, are we going to be trapped with these songs that, you know, are just it's what we play all the time, and we're not going to do anything else, and we're just trapped with these, you know, hundred or so songs that we have to choose from, or uh, rock and roll is what we did is just write the new rock and roll record. And so that's kind of where it came from. So it's a little bit of a, you know, it, I think it's a cool little meaning um, behind it, but you know, but yeah, so it was originally, that's where the name came from. It was supposed to be get mm. lost was supposed to be that title. And uh, so have you heard yeah. the uh, Michael Monroe, you know, the dude from Hanley rocks, he put out a solo record uh-huh. in the eighties and he had a song with, call that and i think i'm pretty sure if i could axel rose was on the song with him yeah it was brought up when we were throwing names around and of course cliff was like you know brought that up like immediately <laughs> and but we didn't care enough to have it be like a determining factor you know it was like oh that's cool he has a song called that all right whatever we have an album called that so <laughs> whatever you know what i mean yeah i think it's cool man when i was a kid i thought Henry rocks were awesome dude they were like a perfect blend between the dolls, Ramones, and Heartbreakers. And this shit was coming out in like 81, 82. One, two, three, four!
I mean, they might have been a little pretty for some, but musically they were killer, dude. Yeah, I agree. I really enjoy Hanoi Rocks, but and and Cliff, I think Cliff does mentally, but um, <laughs> yeah. So, I, but it wasn't as it's definitely not a nod to Hanoi Rocks okay. at all. So <laughs> <laughs> it's cool though, with like the sugar masks and everything, it all comes together. I think it's fucking... Yeah. I'm excited for you guys, yeah. dude. I mean, I love the record, and it's just exciting that there's a new Huntington's record about to come out. You know what I mean? Trust After me, so I agree, long. man. I was, I, yeah, I agree. Like, as a longtime fan of the band, I mean, like, I always wanted them to put out a new album, you know? And just to be a part of it, it's, like, kind of a really blown my mind that, it's, you know, it all came together and, you know, that I was lucky enough to kind of be involved in the process. It's awesome. It's really cool. Super yeah. cool. Yep. So you guys gonna like tour somewhere off the East Coast on this record or what? You gonna go around? <laughs> I don't, on, I don't man. know, man. Like I we can't get, calls get to Baltimore, from... dude. I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I know, I know. It's tough, man, because I got I have a small son. Like, you know, my kid's a year and a half old. You know, Mike's got three kids. Cliff has two kids. Um we get offers all the time man like we get offers overseas to come do festivals here yeah, and there and it's not that we do, don't want do to know. you know what i mean it's not that we don't want to at all it's just <laughs> we literally can't and when you know offers come in from like california we've had a couple offers from vegas and and then it, it, it it's kind of like we let them know what we need you know and it's like okay well thanks a lot good talk and we don't hear anything back <laughs> And I totally get it. You know what I mean? Like you have, you know, DIY promoters and we're like, yeah, you need to fly us all out. You know what I mean? And, and give us a backline and shit. You need a backline. We need a place to stay. You need to hook us up with food and airfare <laughs> and you need to pay us for the show. <laughs> but, <Wow>. uh, but <laughs> not too much. I mean, it's, it's not like, it's not that extreme, you know, but in a perfect world, like that's what we would need. No fucking brown M&Ms. Right. Yeah, no, it's not like that at all. <laughs> I promise you that. We don't have that I'm opportunity to make those did. demands. I know. I wish we did have those those opportunities to that make the demands nice, for right? brown M&Ms. That would be killer. But uh, no, we're lucky to get like McDonald's for dinner or something from a promoter. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, it's tough, man. And so until, you know, something comes along where it's like, you know, yeah, we can take care of all that stuff, you know, like. We just like Reduno, for example, you know, like we're, we talk to them every year and it's like, okay, well, flights over there are $3,000 for one person, Yeah, you know, like round trip to Italy and back is three grand, you know, maybe if we were, you know, if this was 20 years ago and we were still really trying to push the band, you know, as to make it as popular as possible, and we didn't have the full-time, you know, jobs, you know, careers, and yeah. we didn't have the kids at home. May, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't see why we wouldn't do that. But right now in our lives, it's like we're just not really trying to lose a ton of money going out and playing shows, and that's what we'd ultimately end up doing, and we'd yeah. just be hurting ourselves, yeah. you know, personally, because none of us make money on this band. You know what I mean? So we're talking leaving work you know missing days from work and you know it's as, as nice as it would be it's just not in the cards so you know but we still do we're like the weekend warrior type guys you know what i mean like we'll get in the van and 
you know, we played fast. We went down and played uh, Gainesville. So we will travel, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. just, you know, it just has to be. Has to make you know, sense. I probably, probably sound like a dick or whatever, but it just has to be worth it. You know what I mean? And we're not really interested in driving out to, you know, the middle of the country and play for, you know, 200 bucks. You know what I mean? We just, we can't, we just, we just can't do that, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, like I said, if we were 17, 18, 19 years old, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. But right now we're trying to look out for our families at this point, you know, so that would really, you know, understand. Just trying to do. not be as selfish. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you guys are dead, so you guys know mm. it's tough. But at least you got a new record coming out and that's super exciting, dude. That that is super exciting, man. I can't wait. I can't wait for it to come out. It feels like I mean, we've been writing this album for ten months. I mean, so it's like ten months in July when we recorded it. It was like ten months prior to that. So Yeah. You know, now we've just been waiting and it's like we thought we were gonna have it out by November, by Thanksgiving. And it was like, you know, our label was like, Yeah, so we're aiming for a January thirty first release. And we're like, What? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> How's it taking so long? Because we've been hyping it up. Like, yeah, you know, we're done. We were releasing, like, Too Old to Care. We're like, you know, new single, Too Old to Care is coming out, you know. And this was back in, like, September or something. Yeah. And so we released this little teaser thinking that the album was going to be out in, like, you know, a month or two. And it was like, oh, yeah, it's actually it's coming out, like, you know, four months from now. It's like, what? Next year, yeah. So yeah so we kind of were like all right well how do we play this off you know and then everybody's like well, when's the song coming out when's the song coming out and we're like we don't want to drop the single in like october and be like yeah it comes out in january you know <laughs> it's like that doesn't make any sense yeah. so um yeah so it's been a long process man i'm just i'm actually they just came in the other day we have all the albums just uh just came in the mail so nice <laughs> Yeah, they're there. So I'll be sending you guys a couple of copies for sure. Cool. Uh, right yeah. Uh, you got a couple of release shows coming up. Yeah. The, yep. Yeah. Uh, a weekend thing. You got the Jasons playing both shows. Hell yeah. Yeah. Those are our boys, man. We love those guys. Luckily, you know, it was kind of up to us what bands we wanted. And Jason's are always kind of, you know, our first pick. 
you know, they don't live too far away, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like whenever we have a show and we can get another band on, we always ask them. Um, and then the Beatnik Termites are playing with us in Sweet. in Baltimore on the first night. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, us, Beatnik Termites, and Jasons on Friday, and then we're doing uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, the next night and Saturday with the Jasons as well. And um, a friend of ours band is going to be opening that up, and that's our beer release too. So that's kind of a a double release party. So we got oh, yeah, the beers the coming IPA, out, dude. I forgot about that. So that's coming out. So we're really stoked for that. Like really stoked and. Uh, I don't think Cliff is. Cliff's not a drinker at all, and I don't drink IPAs. But Mike and Josh are the IPA snobs, so they're really, <laughs> they're really excited about that. So, yeah, it's pretty cool though. Yep. I mean, you know, Huntington's brand spreading out a little bit. Yeah, man. We're tr- I mean, we're trying to, and it's kind of. But again, it's not like we're trying to make this thing like much bigger than it is right. or what it has to be. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. That was a kind of a cool. Um, a cool opportunity for us to do something different. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and it, the idea came from, um, the owner of the label that we're putting our, uh, burnt toast final, who's putting out our album in here in America. Um, he approached us with that idea cause he's, I don't know, works at a brewery or knows somebody or whatever. And, uh, it, the offer was kind of presented to us and, you know, it's just, it's kind of a unique enough thing where not too many bands do it. And we just thought it was cool, you know? And, um, so we, yeah, I mean, it was a no brainer for us at the time. So we we're really stoked to, to have that opportunity just to do something different enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Dude, I got one more question for you though. It's totally unrelated sure. to this one, but dude, what happened to the, the podcast, man? I used to love watching you guys do your show, man. It was great. Oh, absolute awesome. Yeah. Show? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. We, uh, you guys had Kim on there. You had you had so many cool guests. Oh, we had God, man. We had Kim. Sha- we had Kim. We had CJ on there. We had, had Monty. You had Darlington. You had fucking Joe Queer. All kinds of cool people. Plus yourself. Yeah, man. I like the ones that was just you guys bullshit, and it was they were great, dude. Yeah, those were some of my favorite episodes where it was just kind of ball busting and like you yeah. know whatever. You guys are always picking on Cliffy because he loves Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> 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 But uh, I I don't know what happened to that man. We were like, I don't know. We were having fun with it, and then I don't know. We just didn't. <laughs> it was like we did one episode, and then uh, after that, nobody reached out, and nobody kind of I don't know, kind of kept that flame going, I guess. And that was it. And uh, it wasn't you know, it wasn't like we didn't like to do it. We yeah. all like to do it. It's still on YouTube, so if anyone hasn't seen it, man, you gotta go check it out. The absolute awesome show. There's at least like twenty something episodes, right? Yeah, I mean we did a lot. You know, we did a lot. We had we had a lot of fun with it. And um yeah, that was yeah, we did but we've been talking about bringing it back, you know. Should. And uh yeah, like we've we've definitely talked about it and in fact i want to say we even made like a teaser trailer for it like yeah we're coming back to do it again and Sweet. we never did it so <laughs> <laughs> it's always got to be like one guy and it's usually mike has to be like the catalyst for us to do anything right. and so you know if things kind of fall behind with mike it's like we're all useless like nobody's gonna really step up and be like all right this is when we're doing it blah blah blah, blah. like it has to be mike so if, you know you know, we we go in in Mike's direction wherever he points us to. So blame him when he comes on. <laughs> yeah, I will. Will yeah. do. 
All right, yeah. man, well, I'm excited for this new record. It's, it's crazy that, you know, when we started this, uh, when we started the dummy room, there was, you know, you didn't hear much about the Huntingtons, you know, being very active. And now, I mean, it's the one record that we're really looking forward to in 2020. Oh, so, man, there's probably a million other records. Like, it sucks because it's coming out in January, so I think we're going to get buried when people are like, the best of 2020s, like, yeah. people are going to forget it even came out, you know. But. Nah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, me and Jody are, I think we're really good at bugging people with this shit. <laughs> so my favorite album last year came out early, and I, I stayed with it all year, so we, we stick with this shit. We'll bug people all year about it. Yeah, but you guys have had this album for so long, too. So it's like you guys are going to get bored with it by, like, March. You guys are going to be like, all right, this is old news. (laughs) I listened to it last night and today. Yeah. Still great. It's just been integrated into our Huntington's discographies. It's part of it now. You know what I mean? It rules. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll get you guys the hard copies, man. Because I still haven't heard the album, like, straight through like with the songs blending into each other you know like i don't know how to put the album on my apple itunes i have no idea how to do that <laughs> yeah so i like every time i want to hear a song i have to go into the files like cliff sent us and i have to hear it and then i have to you know go back into the email and keep doing that so i still haven't heard it like all the way through so i'm really excited to hear it, <laughs> hear it in the way it's supposed to be heard you know what i mean yeah it's great man yeah, yeah. i think people are going to be uh, pretty stoked over it so oh yeah I hope so. I hope so. But we don't really care. We're doing this album for ourselves. You know what I mean? Like the cons, like people always asking us for new stuff, you know, kind of made the wheels start spinning a little bit. But, you know, we wouldn't have done this album if we didn't want to. If like us four didn't want to, we weren't going to do it. Or if we didn't think that the songs were going to be good enough to be worth putting out, we weren't going to do it. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, we want everybody to love it. You know what I mean? We want everybody to really enjoy it, and we hope that we, you know, for our sake, we hope we sell a lot of records. But if we don't, and it comes out, and people are like, you know, it doesn't measure up to the old stuff, we don't care. I mean, we, us four, love the album. So, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is, man. I mean, I, I hope people like it, but I don't care if they don't or not. I love it. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, yeah, I think they'll love it, man. It's, I mean, it's a Huntington's record. It, it measures up. Yeah, I, yeah, I hope so. Well, I appreciate that, man, very much. So it makes well, me feel much more comfortable, much more uh, uh, excited about the album coming out for sure. Yeah, it's, I'm stoked. Yep, well, me too. We, should we wrap this one and then get to whoever's next? It's going to be a long episode, so stay tuned, folks. Any last words? Oh, uh, no, no, I think we covered everything. So <laughs> thank you for everybody for uh standing by uh, standing behind us and making this album possible like the constant harassment was definitely played a factor in (laughs) us doing this album so we appreciate we appreciate it for sure well thanks so much for joining us chris very cool you got to come back once the album is out and then when we can promote a show here in st louis you know what i'm saying hell yeah i'll try to make it with your while room fest right I yeah, was just gonna go. say, if we ever do a dummy fest, man, you guys will be uh, you guys will be asked. We will make a special trip out there, and <laughs> we'll we'll uh, eat the expenses ourselves to come out and party with you guys for a night for sure, for sure. That's that would like be awesome. And I still want to come back, you know. And, and it kind of pisses me off. I have to go back. I, I wanted to remind you about the uh, the '90s one hit wonder episodes. You guys did the new wave episode, and that was cool. But the 90s one-hit wonder episode has oh, to go yeah. down. We have to do it. <laughs> we sort of did that. 
twice, I think. One of them got canned, I think, at least. Right, Jody? We've lost some episodes, for sure. Yeah. I don't remember if we did, we did something 90s related. Or, I don't remember. Man. Well, that's that's my wheelhouse. Hey, well, why don't you come back? <laughs> Maybe we'll have you come back and do it with us. Yeah, you should just... I, that's the way to make it happen. Me, just come make us me do know it. When you guys, let me know when you guys want to do it, and I'm on board. Cool. Okay. All right, Chris. Well, it's awesome. I love this whole uh, this whole concept of what we're doing with having all you guys on at the same time, um, or on the same episode, I should say. Uh, once again, thanks so much for for all you've done for us, giving us the new record, uh, talking to CJ for us. Just super appreciated, and definitely come back someday. Yeah, man. Anytime you guys need anything at all from us, you know, just let us know. We got you. Right on, man. All right. Appreciate. I don't know Chris. who's up next, but. Uh, we should find out, right? Yeah, we should. Yeah. <laughs> we should find out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, right. Chris. You got it, guys. I'll uh, I'll talk to you both soon. Yep. All right. Enjoy your Sunday. Yep. See you ya. too. Take it. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Pat. And Chris. And Chris. And Mikey. And we're from the Beatnik Termites, and you're listening to The Dummy Room. We have news for the beautiful people. There's a lot more of us in our view. Any of you that have ever felt stepped on, left out, picked on, put down, why don't you just come down here and join us, okay? Alright, up next, it's the one and only Cliffy Huntington. We got Cliffy Huntington. How's it going, dude? What's up, man? Hey, it's Cliffy, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, you were on an early, early episode, and uh, it went so well that you encouraged us to keep going. Oh, see? <laughs> Alright, I'm, I'm glad I had that effect. <laughs> yeah. So we just, uh, we just talked to Chris Eller, of course, and um, I'm pretty sure you probably know the story about how he got into CJ's band. Uh, yeah, I do. He talked himself into it. He talked he, himself into a, into a job. It yeah. was the ultimate <laughs> fake it till you make it thing. He he told him he was in the Huntingtons, and he technically hadn't played a show yet, so maybe he wasn't <laughs> actually a Huntington yet. <laughs> it's all good, man. Whatever gets you there, I'm fine with. I mean, look, him when 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 that lineup when it was him and Josh and Nate and C J Ramon, those four guys. That's the best music other than the actual Ramones that I have ever heard come from that man. And it was a huge mistake that he ever let those two guys go because that was – I don't know if you ever saw it, but that was just great. Great, hmm. great, great. I never so, saw it in person. Off. Definitely saw some videos though. Yeah, for sure. Not the um, same. Not the same. Right. So we, we also we, – we talked a little bit about the, uh, the Ramones connection to the Huntingtons. And, of course, it just runs a little deeper with Josh and, uh, and Chris being part of CJ. But that legacy that you have with the Ramones is – it's like no other band has that. 
other than uh, the Ramones, of course. You I know? guess. I guess. Pro- I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I would say that's true to a point. I mean, there's a there's a band that hasn't. There's a band called the Independents that Joey right. personally, um, yeah, you know, uh, uh, worked with and stuff. They never really took off. They're just like kind of a strange sounding ska band that kind of. Yeah. Um, they're just there's a lot of stuff about them that has made them not really be a, a very marketable thing over the years. But they're still going. And, but I would say that they their connection is pretty high. But as far as bands that have um, established an, an audience worldwide or national, you know, yeah, I would say that that is true. Yeah. Definitely. I think it's cool that you guys are forever linked to the Ramones, man. It's fucking awesome. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with being part of the Ramones lexicon, totally. Totally. So when we finally so, do these Ramones conventions, man, you guys will have to be one of the bands that comes in <laughs> and plays. Yeah, we'll be like we'll be like Star Trek, you know. Yeah. Uh you know, one of the lesser known guys <laughs> from or gals from like, you know, Star Trek deep space. Right. 15 something like you know some some small little you know yeah, yeah yeah it's like those kiss conventions where you know you might get somebody that worked on a comic book one of the kiss comic books in the 90s or something right. you Dude, know what i mean those kiss conventions have security guards i yeah, worked security I know. in you know in 79 at the garden you know why yeah. are you there so the huntingtons would definitely fit in in uh in a ramones expo definitely so keep that in mind because uh, i think we're gonna do this oh. eventually yeah, I mean, we're still alive, <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> yeah, that always helps. <laughs> yeah. So, man, the new record, dude. It's coming out next week. Dude, right. fucking rules, man. After 17 years, you guys still got it. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's, we kind of... Um, we kind of made ourselves an all, an all new template while still magically sounding like the same band, which I think is uh, an adventure and a real reach in the first place. I'm very proud of it. I like the way the record sounds. I love the songs. I think the songs are even better than the way the record sounds, which I think it sounds great. But uh, I mean, you t- you guys tell me. You guys sounds you, great. You guys oh, talk about it. I mean, you know, I I'm too it. close to it. I think it's uh, like a perfect like amalgamation of all the Huntington's career. You know what I mean? Like there's songs that could go on like Sweet Sixteen, but there's also songs that could go on you know songs in the key of you or any other record. You know what I mean? I, think, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. You don't think so? No, I don't think there's. I don't think there's a single song that could have ever been on Sweet Sixteen. There's like <laughs> way, there's know, way too much going on in these songs. There's way too much, way too much like guitar stuff going on. And there's, mm. I just, I, I think there's a, even that a lot of the chord progressions are not something that we would have done back then. But um, I think, but, be you with know, you I guess I really should. Again, I'm too close, and I should probably take. Uh, take take from take the word of a long time of long time fans than my own because you know i'm all right. inside the music it's different kind of so yeah. i i heard you guys didn't like bottom of the i heard you guys didn't really like bottom of the bear bottom of the bottle is that correct uh that's the you, one song that? that i don't like, like as the much as the rest y'all don't like well, i that's just the... am gonna say y'all are wrong wrong it's a great song <laughs> Yeah, it's just kind of a different style for me. I like the... The girl at the counter of the liquor store knows your name. There's some shame. Oh, my. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's totally uh, awesome. I dig that you stand behind it. I do. That's cool. I think for me, it's just, you know, I'm not Penny's boat, be with you. Those are more up my alley. But, man, I love that I don't want to be alone. It sounds like a, you know, like a latter-day Ramones classic or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the, um, like, that one... And uh, liar, both of those. Oh, oh and um, my gosh, uh, let's see, what's the? Uh, 
you know, I get all like tongue tied when I start thinking about the song title names. But I mean, I know the record really well. But um, what's that song? I mean, that that song sounds like it could have been on Mondo Bizarro. Um, uh, let me see, what's it called? Oh, it's uh, you don't have to go. You don't have to go. You don't and thank to God go. for the bomb. Totally sound like they could be on on Mondo Bizarro, and then. Totally. Um, and then uh, Liar and I Don't Want to Die Alone, to me, those two songs t- super sound like they belong on Adios Amigos. Like, just completely. Yeah, totally. I can see that. Absolutely. So, yeah, but Be With You is one of, is, is like your fav- one of your favorite songs. That's my least favorite song really? on the album. I love that yep. one. Oh, that and Not Penny's one Boat of my favorites and my too. Two Cuts, probably. Yeah, well, not, not Penny's Boat is written about my my last five years or so. So that that's a tough one, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, just it's 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 a good song. It's, not it's, Penny's, it's, it's a, not Penny's boat. Yeah. I was t- I was telling Chris that um, that is the song of all the songs on this record that to me fit on like uh, high school rock or get lost or plastic surgery. It could have went on either any of those records and would have fit right in. It's classic sounding Huntington's to me. Yeah, yeah it, it has a more of a 90s vibe to it. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. I just think like the thing I really like about the record, honestly, more than anything, is Mike's vocals. Um, how he... Uh, I mean, I, I love all this. I love the... This is really, really an adventurous album for us. Yeah, as far definitely. As guitar is concerned, guitars are concerned. But the Mike's vocal, this, this album, he just really pushes himself and really goes for it with an energy that he has never attained on any album we have ever done. It is just like, you can just hear it. And, and it, I really like that a lot. I think it's great. Yeah. He killed it, man. When I first heard it, there's a couple moments throughout the album that Mike does some different things with his voice. And it kind of, you know, like really opens your eyes. Like, wow, this guy's got more range than, than I thought he had. Yeah. And yep definitely was that is that something that he was shooting for or did it just happen to come out in the song no uh, i'm uh it, it's well you can ask have, have you guys interviewed him yet no you don't no. have to ask him that but to, to me i think it's really just the fact that these songs we had been writing them and we were really excited about them and there was a of, of uh, we were really kind of looking at um, believe it or not it might be hard to kind of visualize this but we were looking at um, appetite for destruction by Guns N' Roses and uh, and Adios Amigos by the Ramones both of those albums joined together as our overall template for this record hmm. so what I mean by that is so the um, just the just the um, the the things that really really touch base with the with the uh, Appetite for Destruction is the fact that um, there's no click track. Uh, there's certainly, there's never been, on, on any record there's of ours, we've never done any kind of, uh, 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 what's it called, where the computer fixes your voice. Auto-tune, there's never been any kind of auto-tune or pitch correction on any vocal, on any album we've ever done. And there certainly is none of that here. But there's no click track this time either. Cool. So, um we just literally like my guitars. Pro- I I would say a good ninety percent, if not more, of my rhythm guitars were tracked live and kept final with the uh, with the drum track, like just totally. And then probably about thirty to forty percent of Josh's guitars, maybe a little bit more, and maybe twenty five percent of Mike's bass. Mike was Mike had to Mike kept what he could, but he had to do scratch vocals too. Right. And he even if and and he just felt more comfortable trying to lock it in more too, um, w- with 
with overdubbing is uh, more of his base. But um, just the overall album, I think, has an authentic live vibe to it that none of our records have ever had. And there's no keyboards, there's no tambourine, there's no nothing. It's just like <laughs> guitars, bass, drums, bam, rock Perfect. like a show. Yeah. That, and that's how we did the whole album. It's like it was a show. And then, you know, and so the way the drums were recorded very appetite for destruction and then on top of that uh we even took um the way they did it where if i had a solo most of my solos are right in with the rhythm track so i would like break away from the rhythm right into my solo as the drums were being done and josh would do the same thing so if you listen to it with headphones on you'll hear some solos that are just coming out of the left speaker or just coming out of the right speaker which so if it's coming out of your right speaker it's josh playing if it's coming out of the left speaker it's me playing if it's going up the middle we had some we had some ones that were prominent and that were very important to the songs that were up the middle as well and that's exactly like appetite for destruction so on those it's kind of crapshoot you know you have to just kind of figure that out but um yeah. well, we both do a whole lot of guitar playing on this and uh just even mike's mike's vocal vibe while obviously he's he's being totally himself but we've been doing over the last few years we've been concentrating on really kind of like a tough um just an overall toughness as far as our our, our stage performance there's just kind of a certain vibe and that kind of like a you know we've been doing a lot of get lost songs and that kind of just you know just that kind of feel I don't mm-hmm. like it which isn't from get lost but still you know just that that kind of um that kind of overall vibe and that really translated into this record so Mike's been singing like that and really been going for that and he still he automatically does some of that uh, vocal Joey kind of <laughs> stuff it's just natural for him these days but he just used his authentic voice he wasn't purposefully trying to imitate Joey he was singing what was right for the songs but um. I think it was just the vibe and the way we've been kind of um, just kind of just kind of where we've been going naturally as a band just 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 came through all this. So I think that's why it is. And then the Ramon stuff is just obviously we just we didn't write any. There's very there's not really any old time Ramon song sounding songs on here. That latter day Ramon song is really where it's at. Song style is really where it's at with a lot of the stuff because we wanted mm-hmm. to have an overall. I think this is a darker record but still super unbelievably like catchy yeah. and 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 memorable and so that's yeah, absolutely so whose idea was it for you guys to cover that greg ken band song i heard that song um i mean you know we've all heard that song when we were younger but right. it came to my attention again like i heard it again um when i was living in portland oregon and i remember at that time i was just like oh holy crap so this would have been like <laughs> 2000 like four or five i just i was like in like i don't know fred meyer grocery store it's a grocery store uh slash um it's specific to that area of the country but it's a grocery store slash uh department store believe it or not and um um, that song was just playing over the radio and i just remember thinking oh my gosh this could be a huntington song this is incredible you know i mean yeah and um and I was going to do it uh, in, I, it was one of the songs that I originally, when I was getting mainline writers together, that I was going to be like, this is one of the songs I want us to learn and possibly do. I mean, it, we didn't, but still, it was, it's just been in my like mind ever since. And we, we were kind of doing, getting ready for this. Uh, it, it, I hadn't thought about that song in a while. And we were doing, we were writing all the songs and we were realizing the strength of every, all the material that we were coming up with. And then uh, we wanted to just kind of, honestly, we wanted to just have kind of a cover song, not to necessarily be on the record, but just kind of like kind of as our hey let's do let's do a cover song to kind of 
get our tones and kind of get the feel for the studio and and right. just i mean you know, kind of like be the first song you do because usually the first song that you're recording the album is one of the or for an album it tends to be one of the ones that isn't the best songs uh you know it was like so you don't want to blow out your best song when you're going into the studio first because your performance won't be the best so um i don't even remember if we really started with that song in the studio but mike was actually kind of like didn't give it any credence didn't care thought it was kind of uninteresting but me mike and josh i mean me me josh and chris were like especially me and chris were just like oh we got to do this oh my gosh this is so good and we would like play it together every time at band practice and he would be basically just eventually give up and start playing along with it okay 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 and i would sing it at band practices mike wasn't even gonna even like give it any like time or anything but by the time we ended up doing it i love the way it turned out i think it's just a, it's just like it just it sounds like it sounds like a, a the Ramones like from probably uh, end of the century something or something like that like yeah. kind of a it sounds like that kind of thing but I it, we definitely put a Ramones flair on that and turned it into something very different from the original song and then we were all done with it and then Mike or Josh had to go back and do a little bit more guitar stuff because something some one of his takes got lost in one of the songs or something he forgot to do something or something like that so he had to go back this one day when with none of us and um with none of us there and he just to retake something and while he was there he was just like I'm gonna put a bunch more guitar solos on the breakup song and (laughs) that's what he did and we were I was like what are you doing man no, that's not, you know, and I was all like, my initial reaction, we just told me as I was all kind of pissy and I was like, no, ah, you know, um, and, uh, but then once I heard what he did, I was like, oh my gosh, dude, that's awesome. So and I even like it even more, even more now that he did all that. I don't know if you don't know what I'm talking about, all the yeah, little lead stuff mm-hmm. at the end and he, then he added all that Whoa, stuff like at the end of it too. And I just, man, I, it's, it's one of my favorite songs on it. My, my three favorite songs on the record are Liar, I Don't Want to Die Alone and Breakup Song. Those are my f- three favorites. Wow. The last three. So it's just kind of funny, but I like the whole thing, though. Yeah. Hey, speaking of the the record, uh, we asked uh, Chris about this, but what I mean, did you have Michael Monroe in mind coming up with that title or what? Uh, I did. Did well, you really? <laughs> originally, so um, so when we were doing Get Lost in Plastic Surgery, the original titles for those albums were um, Lost, Lonely, and Vicious. Okay. And that, so Get Lost was originally going to be called Lost, Lonely, and Vicious. And uh, plastic surgery was originally going to be called Dead Jailer Rock and Roll. Mm. And Tooth and Nail would not let us. So that's uh, and then Adam Garbinski came up with the idea of Get Lost. I think. I think he did. Um, and so we were like, oh, yeah. So we did that. That became that title. And then the other one, I came up with the idea for plastic surgery. Uh, I did not know about plastic surgery disasters by which I to get banned. But at the time, when I thought of that, I thought it was very original. But anyway, um, so that, that was originally what that was. And so this was just like, I kind of, I kind of uh, came up with the, I just kind of mentioned it. Hey, do we want to call this record um, Dead Jailer Rock and Roll? Because it just kind of has that kind of feel. And then Mike had the idea of turning that into um, Spanish instead. Yeah. And at first, we were, we were all like, I don't know, it's too long, okay, yeah, adios amigos, and blah, blah, blah. But it was like, all of us were really kind of like trying to push it. I don't know, let's come up with something different, maybe we should have. And then it was kind of like, we were kind of settling on a little bit more when we kind of all decided, okay, like, you know, on the CD, not that anyone cares about CDs anymore, but on the CD, like the side <laughs> label, right? One of them will say Muerto, one of them will say Muerto, Carcelo, Rock and Roll, and the other one will say Dead Jailer, Rock and Roll. So okay. that it'll be obvious. But then... 
we all just got really used to it and comfortable with the title and now we all just love it and i i love the album title it's one of my favorite album titles we've ever had it goes really well with the cover i think it totally fits the songs i think the whole record sounds very 70s more than it sounds even anything else and it just i just think it's very very cool i like it a lot yeah me too. the whole thing it's cool so i think your fans are gonna go ape shit when they you know when it finally drops i mean well i mean really good, yeah man. i mean we let the cat out. We're you know we're about to have another single here on the uh, you know uh, well the single I guess already came out right the seventeenth so that was thank God for the bomb so I don't know how many people have heard that yet but that's a cool song I like it a lot yeah. too old to care has been out for you know a month now and then of course we did the video for say hi to your mom so we're kind of blowing uh, some of it out uh, early but hopefully that doesn't get in the way of people just really listening to the whole record and the whole thing you guys have listened to it really the way it all blends from song to song right yeah. Mm-hmm. Many so, <laughs> and I, so right, I, that's really important for our records. It's the way the songs flow. It's not just the order, but the way they even blend in, into each other. And I think this one is the most perfect of any of our records, as far as the way the song, the order, and the way they flow. Like yeah. just how you can feel when the next song's going to start comes in, just like you, it, it. Just all of it from beginning to end. It just doesn't stop. It's very cool. Yeah. Of course, this you know not people aren't going to be able to hear the breakup song the way you guys have you guys get to hear it full volume like the rest of the album and everything everybody else only gets it on the seven inch so right um i think it nice. definitely flows like a live set you know what i mean i could see you guys going out and just banging the whole album out as a set you know what i mean it would work someday someday yeah <laughs> but we got too many we got too many we got too many uh, yeah way too yeah. many classics to do that for a brand new album I mean, but yeah like when you guys yeah. were doing hey, Get Lost a as a set, it was great. Songs you don't know. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Which ones are you going to play live? Are you going to play Not Penny? No. I Not Penny's Boat's a really strong song, obviously, but it's also a song that kind of takes too much talent to pull off well live. <laughs> gotcha. You know, as, as far as the vocal, it's it's a strain on Mike's voice. Um, he, you know, he's fine. He'd be able to do it okay, but it's more like, man, there's background, background background vocals and all that stuff. I mean, dude, trust me, me and Josh will not do a good job with it, and it'll 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 stink it up terrible. So, <laughs> I, I don't imagine that one's ever going to make the live set. But maybe we'll get maybe we'll work on it at some point and do it because I kn- I have a feeling that one's going to be something that people are really going to want to hear. Yeah. So, but too old to care. We've already been playing. We've already been playing. Say hi to your mom for me both of those are going to stay in the set cool. um the slammer is going to make is going to be coming up we're going to be playing the breakup song uh how about innocent that sounds like a live yeah. song it's really tough i know i i like that one too but it's no oh, thank god for the bomb is is also because you know we're going to play all the singles right, right. so all the the two singles plus the video we're going to play all the three of those and then i think the only ones we're adding in at first is going to be the slammer and i don't want to and i don't want to die or no on the slammer and the breakup song i really hope liar but without the intro, just like from the time, because we don't need the little, we don't need that live. Um, I think that uh, I would really, this liar, I don't want to die low. And I'll tell you what, your least favorite song would go over really well live too, that bottom of the bottle, because that has that whole breakup, <laughs> right. uh, that whole breakdown thing, and part, yeah. part goes on there. I, that just lends itself to being a very good live song as well. So we'll kind of see what we do. Innocent, yeah, I mean, I love that song. That's, honestly, you know, it gets to the point where it's like almost every song. <laughs> Dude, you kind of work in B with you. I know it's not your favorite. I'm telling you, the fans are going to love that song. Uh, it's classic. The chorus rules, dude. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, yeah. That That is probably 
that song, it would be the most classic Huntington song over anything else. That yeah. one and Too Old to Care even somewhat. But Too Old to Care really kind of – that whole – has that break in it that really in, – in a lot of ways, Too Old to Care is very different from other stuff too. Melodically, yeah. it's, it's similar, but um, musically, it's it's much more 70s. It's um, Husker Du. Oh, really? Why did very Husker Du. Yeah. Too Old to yeah. Care sounds like nothing uh, – makes no sense at all by Husker Du, I think. Yeah, I oh. hear that. I love the guitar so tones you guys got too, oh, Cliffy. Uh-huh. I love it. The, the, it's a great song. Oh man, that's that's a great you know first single, I guess. Yeah. Because it it's so different. It's not it's not a typical Huntington sound. True. Well, what do you guys think of the sound of the record? The extra sound, like the guitar tone, where the bass sits, where the drums are. Are the vocals too loud? Anything like that? Like how do you feel? No, about that's it? great. I want to know what is... you track the guitars with because the guitar tone's killer, dude. You uh, yeah, use? this is my this is my favorite guitar tone we've ever had, and it was the easiest guitar tone we ever got. So I have, I have the I my my guitar rig is a 1997 made, which is the first year they came out with them. Um, uh, Marshall DSL 100, okay. <laughs> and um, the cab is a JCM 800 cab with the original G12 T 75s from the 80s, which sounded. I'm going to be in the weeds here a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm just going to do this because I'm a freaking geek about this stuff. So (laughs) um, the the speakers are very reminiscent of early 80s Marshall speakers, even though they were from the mid 80s. They're they're the same model that speakers that are in Marshall amp Marshall cabs now, but Marshall cabs now are much more scooped out sounding. Yeah, Uh, they have the mids kind of reduced than than what they're what they were in the 80s. So my my cab is a very um, mid centric cab mid and bottoms uh, and a centric cab. And then I've got the DSL that I play on the red channel. Uh, I use it as a single channel amp. Um, it's, I, and so I just have my normal tone that I always played live. I set it up, he put the mic in front of it and bam, I didn't let him move the mic. I was like, that's the sound right there. It's thick. It's big. It's got that nice spongy Ramones tone. When I do mutes, it's just perfect. Yeah. And then Josh, Josh used uh, West from the Stivs and um, my other band, the Stivs, and he's also has this killer band that he's in now called um, Super High Tech Jet Fighter, okay. um, and very 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 good band. And his amp, he's got a 1986 uh, JCM 800 2204, which is a 50 watt yeah, head, yeah, yeah. and then and then uh, also a 1986 Marshall cab, which would have been probably very it's probably the same speakers I have in mine. Mm-hmm. And he did the same thing. He he Josh plugged in, dialed in his tone, we put up the mic, and it was done just like that. So we both mm-hmm. just got this really thick, big, powerful tone, and. Uh, good going for joe our engineer and studio owner he just knows what he's doing he just he just dialed it up and we didn't he didn't he didn't like you know he didn't do all those tricks where oh i'm gonna put one mic here and i'm gonna put one mic here and right. i'm gonna put another mic here and i'm gonna did it until it gets no he just it was just like put it up and boom done bam just like that just like what a 57 yep yep yep, yep. Cool. and um so what guitars like do you play your strat josh played the les paul what's going on uh, I played my my 1989 American Standard Stratocaster that has one pickup in it, which is a JB Junior, and it's got impossibly low action all the way down the neck, and it's just a glorious guitar. It's if you see me play it, you'll be like, he's still playing the same guitar he was playing in the in 1994, and it's like, <laughs> yep. So it's that guitar. It's it's, is the it's, pickup it's like a hot commercial. rail, like a humbucker style, or is it yeah. still single coil? Yeah, no, JB, no, J, no, JB Junior is a humbucker okay. in a in a single coil size. Right. Okay, but um, that's what I used on. That's the album. That's I used literally used that that pickup 
in that strat on every single Huntington's album I ever made. Cool. The only difference, except for uh, my original pickup broke when I was in touring in California, and I and um, back then, you know, it wasn't easy to just go get something fixed and replaced. You know, yeah. in the local shop, all they had was a, they didn't have another JB Junior. They had a Hot Rails, and I was like, okay, so they put it in. The sound was a little different, but you know, I got used to it, and that's what I used on. Um, on Rock and Roll Habits for the New Wave and on Songs in the Key of You. Cool. But um, so now it's like I'm back to the same old pickup, the JB Jr., and the same guitar, the Strat. And uh, Josh is using his um, Les Paul. He, for his for his rhythms, he used his um, Les Paul Custom, his Gibson Les Paul Custom. And then for his solos, he used uh, a really cool guitar that he's got. It's, it's a very new guitar, but it's um, a Gibson... Um, Les Paul Jr. double cutaway cool. uh, with, with just a single P90 in it. Nice. And then all my solos were done with my Strat and everything. Like I did all the solos or I did like the solos in bottom of the bottle. That's me. You might have thought that was Josh because that's kind of his style. But that's me that did that on my Strat. That's so, awesome. Uh, yeah. All right. Enough gear talk. Yeah. Gear Whose idea talk. was it to write a song, <laughs> you know, like Leahy song, like I am the liquor? Oh, that would be Mike, dude. Mike wrote... Um, Every lyric and every song, whether Mike came up with the vocal pattern or not, is written by Mike, with the exception of the slammer, which a lot of that was written by Josh. Mm-hmm. But then Mike went and kind of uh, not it. sanitized it, but just like classed it up a little bit, you know, made it more like it would be more like, OK, I'm going I'm to take your lyrics. Now I'm going to turn them into what would really come out of my mouth. And that's what that's <laughs> kind of what he did. There. <laughs> but uh, but he did. But Josh did a great job. I mean, that song, uh, Josh came in with that song. Um he wrote it, and then we kind of, uh, we kind of. He was he was getting a little bit lost in the possibilities. Hey, what if we did this, and then this, and then it just became like, all right, dude, this is the Huntington's man. We're not going to have five thousand parts. So we, got, me and Mike, yeah. just kind of trimmed it in, <laughs> made it much more like us. And then Josh was just when I was, as long as I have this, I just really have. I just really can we try Iron Maiden in the middle of it? And we we're like, all right, okay, okay. So then we tried. <laughs> and we were like, oh, that's awesome. Yes, yeah, let's like do that. that. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely so, the coolest riff you could have chosen by Maiden for sure. Yep. And then like um so bottom of the bottle, I wrote that all the way through, but I didn't have any idea what the vocals were gonna do. And Mike is the one who came up completely everything about how the vocal and melody goes on bottom of the bottle. Um Liar, I wrote that all the way through and I wrote all how the vocals went. But then Mike actually changed my little vocal patterns into real lyrics and a real theme, which was cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't wanna die alone is written completely by Mike freaking fantastic yeah dig wonderful that one. things are gonna get better all mike um you don't have to go mike i wrote the bridge thank god for the bomb i wrote that one um the dead wrong was me uh say hi to your mom was mike so uh, that's cool each one of us wrote because there's three fast beat songs so the slammer was josh dead wrong was me and say hi to your mom was josh that was cool yeah i am the liquor Mike wrote that all by himself. Innocent. I got to give it up for Mike Holt again. Freaking awesome song. Mike wrote that. Too Old to Care was started with a riff that I wrote. Um, that was going to be both Too Old to Care and Say Hi to Your Mom for Me were written uh, for were written by me with the idea of they would eventually be Stiv songs. Um, and then I just brought them in anyway. And Bottom of the Bottle was a song that, just so you all know, Mike and I were the only ones that thought it was cool. 
Chris and Josh were both like, oh, no, man, it doesn't sound like us. And Chris was really like adamant, like really. And I just I just kept saying, no, 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 no. you got to wait until you really hear Mike, Mike's going to bring it together with the vocal and it's going to be cool. You'll see. You'll see. And and, you know, in the end, everybody bent to me and Mike's will because you, you, yeah, you have to. You, yeah. If we're that adamant about something, you have to do it. It's just kind of the way it is. So in the end, though, everybody – I mean, everybody likes it. It's all really cool. The only thing I wish is that the snare was louder in Bottom of the Bell Bottle. I, I wish the drums were a little louder in that song. Other than that, I think it's perfect. So Right on. I know you all don't like that song, but that's okay. Y'all can get over it. <laughs> Maybe it'll grow on us, man, you know? Well, it's kind of like the modern take. It's kind of like would be our modern. It would be like this album's version of "I Don't Like It." Like "I Don't Like It" was really adventurous <laughs> for us at the time. Yeah. It was something we had never done before. It was there was a little bit of an ACDC feel to it, even though it's not ACDC at all. This one's full bore, totally right on, absolutely ACDC. But it still kind of has that punk feel. It's a little faster, and it just it's just an awesome big rock song. It's very cool. Right on. Yeah. Did so, you do? Did uh, you do the mastering on the record or what? Or did you I do did. it? Okay. I did. Okay. No, we, um, with this one was where we. Okay, so Joe went to mix it, and I said, "Okay, Joe, we're going to do this a little different than what what you would normally do. We're going to mix this specifically with modern mastering in mind. So modern mastering seeks to widen out stereo, widen out um, a mix." which makes it sound big and everything. But when you do that, then the drums and the vocals go away, which is never good. So um, I specifically had him mix it with all the cymbals, all the, uh, and, and all the cymbals, let's see, all the cymbals, guitars, and bass, super low in the mix, like crazy low. Like you would be like, there's a problem here, fellas, you know? <laughs> and, then, and then the vocals, and it's supposed to be where the vocals, the snare, and the kick drum we're all, like we're all the same amount of too loud you know what i mean yeah. like they you know the vocals but the, but it's it's a trick because you have to get the vocal the snare and the kick have to be equally loud right so the reason bottom of the bottle is a little off is the snare and the kick are not quite as loud as the vocal so then i, I could only you know you bring it all out and everything and then the vocal jumps don't quite sit where you where you want them to, but anyway, so so when you're when you're doing modern mastering, you do all the EQ, you get it, you get everything all awesome, and then you widen it out. And when you widen it out, that process again, it brings it brings up the it brings so you can keep widening it and widening it, and it's almost like you it's like mixing because that brings out the guitars louder, it makes them more stereo, and brings them out further and further, yeah. and, and and to the human ear that has the effect of making the guitars sound sound louder. So that I, I get, I as a mastering engineer, I get to have control over where the guitars sit in the mix. But it's also scary because if it's not done exactly right. Then, then the drums, you know, you might have the vocals too on top, and then the drums aren't quite right. But I think overall, it's just real solid. I'm really glad with how how it came out. And because I was able to do that, I was able to get him to mix. Like we we had, he got too old to care just right. And then we were like, okay, this is your template. Do all the songs just like that. And you know, yeah. So that's kind of what we did. And and then we just I pulled it all together in mastering and brought it all together as a single one single piece of art and I think it really works that way so if you yeah, if does. you want to the way the songs and all Huntington's records are all like this they all the songs blend together so it's kind of not that fun to just like hey I'm going to put these songs in different order or hey I'm going to take some Huntington songs and put some Riverdale songs and put some queer songs together because inevitably our songs are cut off at the end you know, if you try to do that on Spotify, they, you know, so we kind yeah. of keep all of our records like they're just these wonderful 
blending pieces of a single singular piece of art. That's cool. Yeah. And I th- and that's I mean I, you've heard it I mean it, it sounds great. like that to me sounds great yeah. dude it does sound good yeah. sounds really good thanks so what do you, what do your kids think of this their their dad is making a record of course all the old stuff came out way before them my kids don't think anything about it my kids don't know really I have I have sought uh, the entire my entire life of my children so far. That they never even practically know that dad's in a band, and there is there is a reason for this. It's I have a romantic notion that my kids will grow up not watching me. My kids will grow up, and they will they will their memory of me will be that's my dad. He always he was always watching me. He was always seeing me succeed. He was always seeing my accomplishments. He was watching me. That's super important to a kid. Yeah. The last thing the last thing I need is for my children to be looking at me like a, some fan or something. No, you know, yeah. I want them, I want, I want them to know that daddy was watching them. Daddy loves them, you know? Yeah. It's beautiful. And they're only seven and nine. They couldn't get this stuff anyway, but I mean, <laughs> no, they went. <laughs> so, I mean, you don't have your guitars and shit at home. No, I do. Like, it's kind of a little bit more obvious now. I mean, they, they're, they're older and they know that daddy plays guitar. I've got like, you know, I've got a whole half stack rig in my bedroom okay, and yeah. I've got three guitars over here and stuff like that. But like, Willis um, didn't ha- didn't even have any I like it really began where I had given up guitar completely and sold all my gear and stuff when Willis was like five and or no four and then um, and then we were you know it was just kind of getting to the point where he was he'd be hanging out with we you know he would see Uncle Josh would be playing guitar Josh Blackway would be playing guitar and, and I kind of got an acoustic guitar started doing that around the house and so then he knew me playing from that but then um, it just kind of but when I got a new version of the Stibs going in Richmond the last like couple of years that I was lived there before I moved here to um, to Maryland and and he came walking out from the house into us at band practice one time and so he. Then he knew Daddy did that, and he was like, "Oh, he was like freaking out," and like we ended a song, and all of a sudden he started clapping. He was like, "Oh, that's so great!" <laughs> and he's like clapping and screaming, and and he's kind of been hooked ever since. But I'm still like, he, I'm not letting him come to a show. I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to like. I didn't, I don't think my son's in the liner notes or anything like that because to me it's like, no, nah, man, I don't, I don't want. Yeah, there's a part that would be cool, you know, for them to someday look at it and see their name, I guess, and and think that that's what daddy did but like i don't mind them finding out the reality of my chosen career and the the some success that i've had when they're older and then they realize oh daddy used to be cool look at this wow you know <laughs> or maybe when i maybe when i'm dead or whatever then they kind of really sink their teeth in it and it will really mean something to them yeah. but i can't have that be something that they're raised in and that's something that takes me away from them that's something that that no, they they uh, they need to they need to always know that daddy was watching them. Daddy was there for them. Good on you, Cliffy. I'll tell you what'll be cool for them. Um, someday they discover the Ramones on their own. Oh, yeah, they're, and like... they're watching YouTube videos and they come across that that Joey Ramone show and they're like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, that's 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 our dad," you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would that'll be... be if that even means anything to them. I mean, that's going to be so far removed that might mean nothing to them by then. You got to yeah. remember, you know, like you know, and so if we have, we have, we don't, we don't get to say what's going to be important to the next generation. They nope. get to say that. Yeah. So we only can think of it in terms of really, and only anybody can think about or do is is um, 
really just uh, um, kind of think about things in terms of their own experience. We can empathize with others. We can try to imagine ourselves in some other, somebody else's place, but we can't really do that. We can only think in terms of what our own experience everything that we do is shaped by that. So it's hard for us to even think or imagine about like, oh man, what's going to be important to the next generation because we don't get, we don't, we don't get a say. That's true. Yeah. Very true. So cool. wait, what's your guys' favorite songs on the new record? Uh, me, um, Penny, not Penny's Boat for sure. That's, that's my favorite. Um, also really, really like uh, Be With You. Things are going to get better. Yeah. Innocent, Tool to Care. <laughs> that half, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys the really going for ones. the more pop stuff. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's just me by nature, I guess. But yeah, and too. the li- liar didn't hit with you. That's very uh, like beat on the brat, and you know, yeah, I don't like want any my spaghettios. That's kind of like that, you know. Yeah, it's cool. I think the whole album's strong. I don't want to die alone. It's just great. Yeah, it's really good. And, and uh, how about you, man? What's up? Uh, I know you said your favorite was be with you. I like Be With You. I like uh, Penny's probably my favorite, though. And I, you know, I like I Don't Want to Die Alone rules to me. I like Say Hi to Your Mom. I do like The Slammer. I like, I like Too Old to Care. I'm the liquor. I mean, the only, uh, you know, I pretty much love the whole record. And maybe Bottom of the Bottle will eventually grow on me. You never know. <laughs> it's cool, man. It doesn't matter. It doesn't bother me at all. No, you know, I, know, I love but that. I'm just saying. That. You guys did that one podcast. It's been my. It was. It was one of the, my most favorite things to ever listen to. Where you guys were just like, it's like I got to be a fly on the wall, and you guys were talking about us and our history and our <laughs> albums and everything. And you were just like, you didn't give a crap if we were listening to it or not. You were just t- tell. You guys were just talking your real, what you really thought, and where you thought we sucked, and where you thought we were great, and all that kind of stuff. And I, that was the coolest thing in the world, just to hear this unfiltered fly on the wall stuff. It was great, and I really liked that a lot. I, we cool. can handle criticism. It yeah. doesn't bother us at all. And I, so. We don't want to get, give you the wrong opinion. I mean, we we both love this fucking band. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, with yeah. any band, you're, they're going to have their ups and their downs. You're going to have your favorites and the ones you don't like as much, even if you still like that too. You know? Right, right, right. You know? Yeah. It's like it's being a, like a Kiss fan. Most people don't like the fucking Elder, but they love Alive. You know what I'm saying? But you still well, love see, the band. I love the Elder. I really freaking <laughs> hate their grunge record that they made in the <laughs> Ugh, 90s. Yeah, you're right. I have <laughs> that to is pretty rough. That existed because there's not a one semi there's not one single redeeming quality not one song that's okay to listen to the whole mm. thing nobody ever wanted to hear america's best party band pretend that they were like sad and and destitute and upset <laughs> nobody wants to hear any of that ever from yeah. them did you catch any terrible. of the shows on this uh, last tour cliff no nah, no nah, where paul's lip syncing no nah, man <laughs> <laughs> i saw him, i saw him when i turned i saw him for my 40th birthday and um, that was the only time I've ever seen them live. They've been my favorite band my whole lot, my whole my whole um, life. And so I saw them for my 40th birthday, which was cool because they became real people. Then when I see them on stage, when you see a band on stage, they become a real person. They're not just right. like a character. Like usually, like actors and actresses are not real people. They're just you know whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's if but if you ever meet one in person, then they cease to become this icon and they become an actual real person so they became real people for me then which was cool um but you know i've i've seen you know paul he's just paul sang out outside of his range for too many years and he can't he can't sing anymore if he would have if he would have always if he would have never chased the trends 
and tried to do the high vocal thing that was happening in the 80s, but instead stuck with the way he sang like Strutter and Firehouse and all that kind of stuff, yeah. which was totally his range, he would still sing really good today. But yeah. because he did all those years of singing super outside of his range, eventually it sounds up told. to him, huh? Because Gene still sounds like Gene. Yeah, he still sounds really good. He's, he's never saying he never sang out of his range. So, hmm. yeah, man. Yeah. I didn't go see him either on the tour. I didn't care. Nah, too old to care, man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
really more than anything, we're enjoying this time. Of, of we really enjoy each other. We get along unbelievably good. Um, this record is really like we're already talking about the next record. We're planning That's on cool. it. When this one comes out, we're going to start rehearsals for a, another record. And we'll still pe- be playing shows with this. Or, or We're dedicated to playing one to two shows per month all year long. Maybe, maybe it ends up being more. Like in February, I think we're playing six shows or Sweet. at least four which is a lot for us. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're playing a bunch more all year long. We're going to be playing a bunch more than we ever did before. And we're really going to be, but we're going to be concentrating mostly on DC, Baltimore, Philadelphia area. So maybe some Jersey. Um, and then of course we'll still, we'll still branch out with some cool weekend opportunity to go up with a band up to New York or maybe go out, uh, West Virginia or something. Maybe, maybe we'll play, you know, some festival that we can, whatever. I mean, we right. maybe we'll maybe if we can play the fest again this next year. We had a great time this last year. We went down, and played in South Carolina, and then Georgia, and then we played at the fest in Florida, and that was fantastic. We loved it. So we we can still do those kind of things where maybe we take a day off of work, all of us, and we we have a little trip and we do that, and that's cool. But actual touring, nope. Gotcha. So. Can't awesome. blame you there, man. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, understand. unless it's something like we can all we all take like a week, because you know, even when even like me, I get six weeks of vacation a year, which is a huge amount. But I'm not allowed to take two or three weeks at one time. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, you can't do that. So you yeah. know, so you know, if we were going to do a tour, it would be like ten days with you know, it'd be a one work week, one week, one weekend, I mean, one work week, and then a weekend, and you can only get so far doing that. So yeah. All right, Cliffy. Um, I can't, you know, I've heard the record, so I can't really say I can't wait for it to come out, but I can't wait to get my hands on a copy of it and just hold it and then listen to it, you know? Um, I'm excited for you guys. I'm, I'm sure it's really uh, crazy that you guys are pushing a record in 2020, but um, it's a real treat for me and, for me and you know, all of our listeners. So, Well, I, I have appreciated it well, so I just want to make sure that people know this is on CD. This is old school. CD, cassette, and vinyl. And then, of Crazy. course, every digital outlet everywhere, you know, um, that you normally get things. I've no, I would assume it's going to – I don't know if – I would assume it's going to be on FLAC somewhere on some sites because that's becoming more prevalent now. But uh, it will be on the streaming services too, all the normal stuff. So, Of course. All right. Yeah. We're proud of it. As you should be. It's a great record. Thank you. Good on you guys for coming back after like 17 years, man. Love it. In fine force, in fine fashion, right? Totally, like <laughs> of course, yeah. I haven't missed a beat. Well, that was the idea. So that's great. Well, thanks so much for joining us again, Cliffy, and you're always welcome to come back. You know, I'll especially for that you... for the next record. As long as we mention <laughs> Kiss every time we talk, <laughs> yeah. Then I'm back. Of course. <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll we'll do another record, man. Hopefully, we'll hopefully we'll do another five. We'll see what we'll see yeah. what happens. <laughs> we plan on being around for a while. That's what's so. up. Cool. Awesome. All right. Take it easy, guys. Have a good one. Yo, this is Jason 3D. This is Jason V. You're listening to the fucking dummy room. D U M M Y R O O M. Coming up next, we got a guest. We got a guest. Coming up next, coming up next We got a guest, we got a guest Coming up next Alright, dummy room Up next we have Mr. Mike Holt Alright, we're here with Mike How you doing, man? 
I am doing excellent. How are you guys? Feeling good. Welcome to the W Room, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for having mm-hmm. me on. Yeah, I've been kind of waiting to, to talk to you. We had a, I don't know, somehow we started out and we got Cliffy right away. And he was like one of our first guests, which was looking back, it still kind of blows my mind that we were able to get Cliffy Huntington on the show that early. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know. So welcome. And uh, this whole special thing is it's it's really awesome for us to be able to do. You know, it's pretty selfish. I'm pretty selfish with this shit because, you know, we got the album early and we've heard it all and we've been bragging about it. So I, I just appreciate you guys giving us the time of day. Oh, yeah. I mean, we um, I know. I know myself and Chris and I think all of us actually are pretty are pretty tuned into what you guys are doing all the time. So like yeah, we're we're excited to be here too, for sure. That's awesome, man. We were talking about it before we started recording, but you guys used to do the greatest podcast, man, and uh so it's not coming back then, huh? Well, I don't want to say it's not, but like like a year ago we said we should really start that we should really start doing that again and and as as things go, every time we come up with an idea like it, it garners attention for about five minutes and then just drops off the radar again. But uh, <laughs> just like it, it just it would be so difficult for us to kind of keep it consistent. It was difficult even when we were doing it um, regularly to keep it consistent with with all of our schedules and just you know trying to line. I mean, you guys probably understand like lining people up, working around other people's uh, you know time frames and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. not it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. So no, um, definitely not. Yeah, it maybe you know if the mood strikes, maybe we'll we'll do something again. But no plans for the for the foreseeable future. Gotcha. At least they're still all there on YouTube, man. You could go back and watch them. I do, and uh, still enjoy them, man. I've seen a couple of them multiple times. You know, it's, it was great. Nice, nice. That's cool. So we got a new Huntington's record coming out. First time in like what feels like forever. Are you pretty excited or what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it was to, forever. To hear, yeah, to, to like hear somebody say there's a new Huntington's record coming out, it's like God, that's something I haven't heard in like a lifetime. <laughs> right? Like, seems ridiculous. Like my my oldest kid is 15, and I've and I and I had her at, like sooner than the last Huntington's record. Like it's been longer for the Huntington's record than my oldest child. So that's crazy. Guess, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, definitely been a really really long time, and really like it's been a long time since we recorded the damn thing like we recorded it back in like june i think yeah we recorded it in like june Mm -hmm. and it's january (laughs) it's like what (laughs) so back in uh back in the day we would record a record and it would come out like two months later like boom boom just done (laughs) and um totally different scenario nowadays and it's it's cool like going through the whole process of um working with burnt toast who's putting the record out and everything that goes along with putting a record out in i guess well 2020 now but when we started the process it was 2019 just really a lot different than you know 2003 or whatever. right um so understandable why it's taken so long but still feels like a lifetime since we even recorded it so right so i gotta ask you mike why you know what a what took so long and why now you know, is what it something happening? Yeah, like was something happened in your life that you just suddenly had to write a bunch of songs, or I mean, it it had been in the queue. Not, I mean, it had been on our radar for a while. Like okay. when when Chris joined the band, um, back in basically back in like 2015 or so, like five five or so years ago, um, 
the talk started then. Like we should we should think about writing some new songs. And to be really honest, to be like totally brutally honest, it's taken this long because I am really lazy. Like I'm a super <laughs> lazy guy. And like I have uh I have gotten to a point in life where I'm real comfortable in my routines uh and in my habits and to get out of those and like actually have to like sit down and work on writing a song just seems so foreign. And but uh, you know over time like playing shows and um and just working with the guys you know more regularly more consistently over the last couple of years um it kind of it started becoming obvious that like this is a real option for us like it wasn't just something that we would just kick around and like you know we could probably really do this um and it just kind of took a little bit of a spark to kind of get me off my ass and and to start working again um and all of us really because we were, were kind of all in the same boat none of us had written original music for a really long time uh so, and, but once it's once it started, once we hit that first rehearsal, it was just off to the races at that point. It was just like, yep, this is what we're doing. But like, let's go. It's awesome. I'm stoked, man. I love the record. I think it fucking rocks. Oh, thanks. What's your favorite on there? You got a favorite on there? Man, you know what? What's really funny is like right, right before you guys called, I was thinking about you guys maybe possibly asking me that question no shit like i'm thinking they're gonna ask me what my they're gonna ask me what my favorite song because you guys do the, like a lot of like top 11s right for categories you know bands category songs you know girl songs you know all that kind of stuff and i'm like man i'm i'm actually really jealous that you guys are able to like sit down and think about that and come up with with like that kind of a list because man, I, that would drive me crazy to try to put something in order, <laughs> like to try to like pick favorite elevens of anything, like just pick any topic <laughs> and ask me to put my favorite eleven in an order, and it would take me like a year. Um, I I don't man, it changes daily, like it really does. Right. And uh, so if I if I gave you one, it would be like a real temporary answer, and maybe by the time this well for sure by the time this airs, my answer won't be the same. But um. <laughs> You know what? I, I think the one that I kind of consistently go back to and and kind of it kind of puts a smile on my face when I listen to it is uh is say hi to your mom for me.
probably for longer than anything I've wanted to write like a third Back to the Future song. Um, even 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 before like thinking about writing a, like a full new Huntington's record, I was thinking, man, I just want to you know cap off the trilogy of that of right. that theme and, <laughs> and get it done. And um, so I think I think I'd pick that one. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I love how they're all different. The trilogy, you know, none of those songs really, they're not, they don't take off from each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's not like, you know, it's not like the Huntingtons have like 17 different styles that they play, but, you know, <laughs> as, as far as like, as far as like the pop punk Ramones, you know, Ramones core type genre, um, we kind of hit each one. Well, I don't know. Ramones didn't really do kind of like the, many of the more faster kind of, you know, aggressive type of yeah. songs. They did a few, but, but just in the, in general, like that whole, you know that the genre that we play; those are like the three, you know, styles within the main styles within that genre. So right. I think, yeah, I, yeah, and that was purposeful, obviously. I, you know, it didn't just randomly fall into place like that. But um, yeah, right yeah for sure. So speaking of the Ramones, um, I think we talked to Chris a little bit about this and the whole um, the whole weird Huntington's Ramones relationship. Of course, uh, Chris and Josh played with CJ. And you guys got to play with Joey. Um, you ever? How do you how do you reflect on that whole thing, the Joey situation? Like, is there anything? You know, you look back. Do you you have to know how cool that is? Oh um, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Where do you think you guys fit into the whole, you know, Ramones lifestyle thing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, not um... many bands. Joey played with one band, right? I mean, it was the Ramones, and then he played with you guys a couple shows. Hey, let's hear for the Huntingtons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there, it's certainly possible that there's like that there were some some guest type things he did yeah. I'm, that I'm not aware of, like right. you know, uh, might have um, sat in with the Independents or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, I, but back, you know, reflecting back on that whole thing. It, it it's never going to feel like normal or like or even real <laughs> like it just it still to this day feels like did that really happen like that, that that's a thing <laughs> um and um yeah man I, just totally crazy and uh, yeah and to, and it happened twice like yeah you know we we did the whole like um they were launching the new website thing um, after the Ramones had broken up, but they were still kind of uh, Arturo was still wanting to, um, you know, keep keep the legacy going, keep keep Ramones kind of in in the in the general like you know on the radar of people. Um, and then they had that show just bringing in some cover, you know, people who were going to do bands who were going to do covers. Um, and oh yeah, you you know, Joey will Joey will watch everybody, pick the one he wants to play with, and play with them and. I mean, I'm sure you guys know the story about how that whole thing was rigged. Um, yeah. may, or maybe you don't. I don't know. <laughs> I think yeah, Cliffy yeah, told yeah. us a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. So um, it, that whole thing just, you know, totally blew blew our minds that, you know, Josh is sitting at home and he gets a call from Joey Ramone and they discuss a set list for 20 minutes. Talk about all the things, you know, that, that are going to go down that night. It's just like, what? Like, what? This isn't <laughs> happening. Um and, and then, you know, after we do it and it goes off really well and he was like the coolest dude, I mean, like ridiculous, you, you know, you may, you may be having it in the back of your head that he's going to be a certain way because of, you know, the, the notoriety that, that he achieved. And, 
just yeah. the, the status and everything and it, he's just totally opposite of that like and it's not just trying to sound like oh yeah we were buddies and we, we, we weren't we weren't buddies but the dude was just like the most down-to-earth guy i mean just crazy like exact opposite of anything you would think of um when you think about a rock star just total opposite and um and then to be invited back like the next year when he when he did a solo record um and, and to play that show and do it do it all over again was just absolutely crazy absolutely crazy um and, but you know i don't know how that how i don't think we fit in <laughs> like i don't think there's like any kind of like thing that we can sort of hang our hats on to say oh yeah i mean like we were right there we were right in the mix i mean i think we just got <laughs> super we got super lucky um in a lot of ways and just it, it was an amazingly humbling experience and just i i don't really even know how to describe it like it, just, it, it it's it, awesome man yeah, it's so cool. yeah it doesn't it's not yeah it's not even it's not even something that we talk about really unless like in situations like this where we're it's just coming up in conversation because it just doesn't even feel right to talk about it's like <laughs> i don't even know what to say about it half the time man it's yeah. like you know you, you try to describe it and you don't even find the words um, so how does so so you know major life events for for you you know you're married right you're a family man you have three kids yeah, yeah. where where does the joey ramon thing fit into those <laughs> at what point when you're talking about your life does joey ramones is there ever a moment where you're like ah, i gotta mention my kids and wife before joey you know because <laughs> oh, that would be right oh, up yeah, for yeah, me yeah. i would go wife and kids but then it's like it right there it's like I, well i played a joey ramone yeah no I, yeah for sure yeah that's exact that's that's the order yeah i mean like you know a lot of times you'll hear like politicians say you know god country Family or what? You know, they. Yeah. It's, it's like you know, yeah. Family, Joey. <laughs> you know, every, <laughs> everything else. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, y- y- yeah, you can't really put a whole. It's different categories for sure when you start thinking about like you know having kids and and raising kids and what that means to you as like a, a person and and your purpose in life and stuff like that. But like you know, the Joey thing certainly ranks really high up there with uh you know, all time, just like, holy cow moments. Right. Um, you know, no doubt about that. Speaking of like, like tying the family to Joey though, one thing is, one thing's for sure. My kids know who the Ramones are for sure. No doubt. Yeah. Like yeah. my youngest is actually huge fan and we kind of play a game whenever I'm taking in the soccer practice or whatever. And I put the shuffle on if a Ramones song pops up, I'm like, dude, who is this? Is it the Huntington's <laughs> or the Ramones? Because <laughs> he knows he, like he's heard the cover record, and, and sometimes it, it takes him a while, and he gets the answer right. Probably most he gets the answer right most of the time. So that, that's good. But that's in awesome. all honesty, like my kids, <laughs> my kids don't give two shits that I'm in a band or I play with you. Like it's just not even the thing. Like uh, you know, they don't think dad's cool because he did these things, um, or if they do think that, they certainly aren't going to tell me about it. <laughs> They're not going to give right. me the. Uh, you're not going to give me that pleasure of saying, "Oh yeah, man, that was really cool that you did that." Um, so yeah, they're they're uh, they're those types of kids. Yeah. So there's no like <laughs> punk rock kids at their school having them like have you sign shit and stuff like that. No, <laughs> no, that's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Should be. <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, though, like if someone was going to make one of those like Ramones family tree kind of things of the history and then the connections, you guys are on there. You know what I mean? Big time. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it's really bizarre. I mean, like, and 
before we um let's see was it i'm trying to think of it i'm trying to get my years straight here i'm trying to think if we did the joey show yeah 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 okay so we we, we did the first show with joey in uh 99 <clears throat> i think it was december um that was that whole comp you know quote-unquote competition thing and then the following fall we did like a three-week tour in Europe where Marky Ramon was playing drums for the band that we were touring with over there. Um, so it was like, play with Joey, tour three weeks with Marky, play with Joey again. <laughs> um, and it was funny because, you know, Marky's like, is Joey paying you for these shows? You know, are you getting paid? It's like, <laughs> are no. you kidding me right now? Like, no, man. We're like, he, you know, uh, why would we even ask to get paid to do this? Like, you know, yeah. man, you should be getting paid. And it was like such a funny thing to see, like, you know, they had already gone through the whole, you know, Ramones thing. They'd be broken up by then, obviously. And, you know, there was all the, all the drama that occurred, you know, between those yeah. guys. And it, it, it became super obvious that a lot of it was driven by, like, people feeling like they got gypped with money stuff and it was it was fun to kind of be uh kind of like a fly on the wall to hear some of that kind of you know little subtle talk about you know getting paid and not getting paid and all that is yeah but um yeah so we i mean amazing that that kind of crap happened to us you know don't feel like we deserved it in the slightest but it was really amazing and um <laughs> certainly uh certainly never forget it that's for sure yeah if it was me, I'd probably have it as the bottom line on my fucking headstone, dude. <laughs> you know, was a good man, so and so, and played with Joey Ramone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, you know what? If I was hiring somebody and they just randomly put that on an application or something, I'd probably hire them. Exactly. Just so we could talk about that shit all day. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It might. It might be kind of fun, like just to, <laughs> just to kind of have that as a as a background piece of you know information to chat about when you're when you know business is slow or something for sure. yeah. yeah so yeah. Bef before we get off the ramones um of course <laughs> you you wrote a song called i want to be a ramon yeah yeah um if you could be a ramon you're gonna be joey or Dee. uh i'm gonna be joey okay yeah yeah i i i understand like a lot of people's like um just reverence and connection and so forth to Didi, I get it, but like it, it would definitely fall to Joey for me. Like it's just, I mean, and I guess that's kind of a little obvious, like with my just yeah. insane mimicking of him on a couple of records there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah, I mean, like he, that connection's for sure way more solid than, than the D. And, and I, obviously Didi with the songwriting and everything was just the backbone of a lot of that, but like just something about the way joey delivered things the, you know the delivery uh the, the rat hit getting his head wrapped around the melodies and just i i feel like he's like a super underrated singer i mean he just knew how to do it like he he knew how to put together a melody and just and and put his own flair on it and touch on it and i feel like it's like every bit as much you know you hear that voice and it's it's every bit as you know immediately recognizable as something like you know listening to acdc and hearing that voice and immediately oh, yeah. like there's no like oh man that that, that sounds familiar who's that guy <laughs> right. like you just know like right yeah. away and um yeah for yeah i would definitely draw that connection more than the, yeah so you ever think about putting down the bass and just stretching it out like joey up front or what <laughs> you know what we did i did that uh we did a ramones cover set 
at a festival. I want to say like in 2000, maybe or oh, yeah? 99. And I and I just sang. Wow. I didn't play. I, uh, we had another guy play bass. I don't remember if it was Josh that played bass or if we maybe pulled somebody else up to do it. But I just sang the whole time, That's and cool. it was awkward. It was awkward. Was it? it was weird. <laughs> it felt weird. Yeah. Um, you, you'd kind of think like, oh man, then you just get to concentrate on, on just one thing, and you know, because I screw up when we play live. I screw up all the time. I try to fix it real quick and try to make it as unnoticeable as possible. But singing and playing at the same time, I'm I'm constantly trying to you know adjust and, and make sure I'm getting back on track. But I don't think it's really any better just having to do one thing. I feel like then you kind of feel like you're you're underdoing it and you start gazing off and doing other things and you get lost in the lyrics and you start singing nonsense or something. But um nah, I don't think I'd ever want to do that. I don't want I would never want to just be a singer. Gotcha. Um if anything I'd rather like give the mic to somebody else and just play bass. I think I'd probably rather do the opposite. <laughs> wow. Hmm. That's crazy from coming from a guy that's such a killer fucking singer, man. I love your voice. <laughs> I mean, I grew up nice. with it, man. It's just you're one of those guys to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Nate and I were talking about it before. It's like, man, I can't wait to talk to Mikey. He's just one of those dudes, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. All right, so since we're kissing ass, um, we talked to Chris a little bit about this, and brought up like the Huntingtons in general how come they're not looked at like you know Screeching Weasel or the Queers they're not that you know they're not I think you're legends but you know what I'm saying they're never in that top tier category Yeah. Um, yeah. so I kind of thought about it I've been listening to Huntingtons the last few days and really thinking about it and I can't figure it out dude I already told you what it was it was that fucking tooth and nail I think it hurt yeah. you guys in the end I mean it didn't matter to the cool people but I think certain people just immediately kind of wrote it off without even listening to it, you know? Oh, Definitely. yeah, for sure. I think if High School Rock would have came out Damn. on Lookout Records exactly as it is, you guys would be considered some legendary band right now, with the only change I mean, that, being I, the label. Maybe, yeah, I mean, possibly. I mean, you guys have the songs and the sound, dude. Yeah, the, the label association, for sure, it, it has pluses and its minuses, um, you know, because on the on the opposite side, like, you know, we did really well with people who were interested in the tooth and nail type scene of like, you know, the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. But yeah, I mean the um the the labels that were putting out like Ramon style, you know, three chord pop punk, um, the people who were interested in that didn't want to have anything to do with tooth and nail bands. And unfortunately, like Tooth and Nail was not a Ramones chord three chord pop punk label. They were more like a West Coast new school style. Yeah, almost like a punk rock band kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So like they were, you know, we didn't fit it. We didn't fit in with the other bands that were on that label. So as far as like tours and just sort of like, you know, kind of getting in with the um, with the pre-established audience that that label had, it was it was a little tough. And then on the on the flip side, you know, uh, people who already kind of looked at Tooth and Nail is like, well, I'm just writing that off just from the get-go because of who they are you know, just weren't ever going to give us a chance regardless. Yeah, it's so, so bogus. You know. There were some great yeah, bands, it, man. It, MX, yeah. I loved MXPX, man, too, you know. They had a bunch of records on that label. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, yeah, we loved them, too. And um, even just, like, what, two two or so years ago, we did some shows with them up in up in New York City. And so we still kind of continue to have, like, a, you know, it's there's no, 
like real like tight relationship there or anything but there's still like you know some camaraderie there from from back in the day um but yeah i mean i don't i don't know like how much success we would have had if we would have just said you know screw the whole tooth and nail thing let's just drive for lookout or one of the other labels that was you know pumping out music during that time um i feel like we definitely kind of fit in with what was happening um you know, didn't kind of stick out like a sore thumb or, you know, uh, No, you guys were right in there with all those bands, you know what I mean? I thought. Yeah, yeah. And I never looked at it as like, I think people honestly thought like everyone on that label was like Striper where there's, you know, all these like <laughs> out and out songs about straight up Jesus, you know, but you guys weren't like that. And, you know, MXPX yeah, wasn't like yeah. that. The Cooties, Goaty Hook, not like that either, you know? So I never got the yeah. whole like, just because it's on tooth and nail, it's like, Amy Grant or whatever. It's not, you know. <laughs> I never understood yeah, that, and I think it hurt a lot of that, cool bands. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it de- it definitely um it definitely painted them in a different light for a lot of people. Yeah, um, strange. And it's crazy because, like, you know, we 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 went through our main um uh how do you how do you describe this? Like the the core of our time was, you know mid to late 90s through the early 2000s was like when we were really working our hardest um you know putting out putting out all of the records that people you know remember basically from you know from our past times doing all of our tours doing the joey thing you know traveling around kind of you know making it like a full-time gig um was during that time period and like never ever ever did we play with you know screeching weasel or uh or the queers or, or anything it was not until like 10 years later <laughs> after we had already stopped like trying to like really push this band and like you know give it everything we had and dedicate our lives to it did you know um you know the booking agents for weasel call up and say hey you want to open this show and and, and they're just like man it's kind of i mean yeah we do we wanted we want to open the show for sure like we're gonna we're gonna play the show but like, could you have called us ten years ago? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it would have been awesome to do this, like in in you know ninety seven or ninety eight yeah. or something. The heyday. But, um, yeah, exactly. But uh, now, nah, yeah, it just it was it's weird how it worked out, and like so that that whole like you know oh we don't want anything to do with them, and I'm not saying like the bands of that time were were, were necessarily thinking that way. Um, you know, the the people who were buying the music and, and consuming it, and listening to it, certainly were. But I think that you know, just all together had those types of things happened when we were on tooth and nail, then maybe it kind of would have broke those barriers down a little bit, you know, right. to say like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm going to see weasel and I'm seeing Huntington's open for him. And you know what? I had a really good time at that show. And maybe I shouldn't be like, you know, thinking about it as striper and Amy Grant. Maybe I should be thinking about it as <laughs> another, another band that plays, you know, songs like weasel does. And I think they're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, you know, that, that probably would have made a difference, but who knows? You guys yeah. were, you know, in that same vein, absolutely. I, I, I don't know. I just never understood it because you were always one of my big favorites, and there were people that were like, Huntington's, what? Yeah, dude, the fucking <laughs> Huntington's. They fucking smoke half of your bands that you love. You know what I mean? I don't know. I was always, like, ready to fight for the Huntington's. <laughs> I always loved them and thought people were crazy. You guys are super underrated. And one of the greatest live, in quotes, albums I've ever, you know, Good, Bad, and the Ugly. That's a fucking straight classic. Sounds cool, little hot, you taking my game. 
Huntingtons have four um, pretty much bulletproof albums. Yes. Um, okay. At least four. High School Rock, Get Lost, Plastic Surgery, and Songs of Key, Key Songs in the Key of You are almost untouchable, and they they're right there for me with you know they're on par with most of the Queers and Weasel records. You know, there's a couple of Queers records that you know I hold you know to sure, a higher yeah. standard, I guess. But uh, no, but yeah, yeah man. The great records. That's my shit. I'm just saying, I just don't understand why people aren't all totally crazy about the Huntington's to the day. <laughs> the cool people are, though. People are going to freak out. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, you know, I won't, uh, I won't uh, put it off the table as a possibility. I mean, it's, and if they don't, that's okay. Like, like one thing that like, I don't know. You know, if, if anybody else has talked about this or not, but like one thing that we're just not all that concerned with at this point in the game is, you know, gain. Uh, it kind of sounds stupid, but like we're not like putting out a new record and hoping to like gain a bunch of new fans. Like if if that happens, cool. If if new people get into it, or if people who like this kind of music who never really got into us for one reason or another suddenly get into us, that's cool. I mean, that's that's awesome. But it's by no means our goal, and like, you know, we 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 sat down and wrote these songs, and we we put them out because we wanted to, and we kind of figured that there'd be like a core group, you know, small core group that would be really into it and, and appreciate it, and that's kind of who we did it for. Um, and if if other people kind of tag along, great. But I mean, I, I don't care either way. Like, it ain't, it ain't no big deal to me if the people that 
have never liked this, just keep not liking this. That's Wait. okay. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah. I mean, it's not. So, I don't do this for a living. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I don't yeah. play. You know, I, it's not my bread and butter, and I don't have to sell records in order to like put food on the table. So right. you know, it's it's cool. I don't. It, either way is fine. My intentions of uh, pushing this record for you guys is very selfish. Um, I want it to do good enough that it encourages you guys to do another one. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I'll, I'll uh, you know, I, I don't know if Cliff mentioned it or not, but yeah, it did. Being yeah, it's already being talked about, and like, um, it almost for sure will happen. Uh, the nice. only thing I guess that could probably like make it not happen is just some totally unforeseen circumstance in one of our lives that just, you know, rules it out as a possibility. You know, uh, somebody gets some killer job, you know, in in Japan or something, and they got to move, some crazy thing like that. Oh. You know, uh, some, un unfort some unfortunate event. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm already down with that, and we've already kind of got a little bit of a roadmap on how to do it and where, where it's going to go, what we're going to do. Cool. So, um, this rules. Yeah, it, yeah <laughs> it, won't be, it won't be much longer after this one hits, and, you know, we do some shows for it, and uh, before we're back together in the basement, you know, writing some mm -hmm. new stuff. We'll be back at it next January. Yeah. <laughs> It'll take us, you know, another two years to write and record yeah. it and release it. Cause that's, that feels like, I mean, we started writing this one in like September of, uh, 2018. So Cliff finished mastering it in like, I think he finished the master in September, late August or early September. And then by the time, you know, we shipped everything over to the, to the uh, manufacturer, it was like, "Yep, you're in the queue, and here's your date." And it was like, "Oh, that hurts. <laughs> that hurts really bad." But um, yeah, it is. Hey, Lisa's still coming out. I mean, finally, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've waited this long. What's a couple extra months, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think now we're what down to uh, just about two. Well, from the time that we're talking right now, I don't know when you guys are going to air this, but we're about like what two weeks or something from from right now, I guess roughly yeah yeah so coming up pretty quick i love this record um nice nice it's crazy how different it is like you know how like most most of the albums have a sound it's either the the the, the popular huntingtons or the, the the fast huntingtons this yeah, this yeah. has rock this has you know the poppy huntingtons the fast huntingtons you know that some of the some of the different the acdc sounding stuff um yeah yeah that too old to care. I, I still say it's it's stolen from Husker Du. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I got a question that's been bugging me for a while, and I wanted to ask you and only you what 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 happened to all the girls? Like, there's only one girl on this album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like the um. Nobody wrote more songs about different girls than you. I don't. I, I think we counted them once. There was like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, it was more Allison, than Ramones, wasn't it? Allison and Penny and yeah, Annie. Hey, yeah, did yeah. Annie get her you know anorexia under control? <laughs> Is she doing okay? What's going on? You could always make a sequel, man. That's true. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We, that's probably yeah. We probably have written more girl themes or girl named songs than than most of our counterparts. Jeannie, but, uh, she still hates Jeannie. the Ramones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, and uh, you know, there's there's probably like. Probably split fifty fifty between the the people who were named in those songs that were actually like real people, yeah, and the you know the things behind them were actually like real events and 
and all that kind of stuff. And then the ones we just fully totally made up, it might maybe even be more than 50% that are real. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like um, this, this go round, I kind of had pretty solid ideas in mind for what the songs were going to be about lyrically. Even I, ha- I had them just kind of parked there waiting for music to put in. Um, and just none of them, none of them had that feeling of like, you know, Jeannie this or Allison that or, right. you know, Samantha, you know, ex, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it just didn't come out that way. Uh, not on purpose really, or not like, you know, by design, just, just didn't work out. I mean, the, the penny, the not Penny's boat thing is real super specific. Like that whole song has a lot going on in it. And the only reason that it's even named that, I don't even, I don't know if you guys know the story behind like the original reason no. name and all that kind of stuff. Let's hear I mean, it. Did you guys ever, did you guys ever watch the show Lost? I no. didn't. Okay, so then it's not going to make any sense to you whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, but let's hear it. Um, let's hear it. Um, so uh, there's there's an episode of the show Lost called Not Penny's Boat. Okay. Um, and uh, super brief synopsis of that show: a plane crashes on an island. You know, they get the, the, a group of strangers get stranded on this island. Um. You know, several seasons in, uh, one of the uh, passengers that gets stranded has a girlfriend who is rich, and she launches a mission to go find him. And um, there are a, a couple of the people on the island are under the impression that there's a, a craft approaching that's coming to rescue them. And his girlfriend's name is Penny, and it ends up being a situation where one of the one of the survivors risks or basically uh, kills himself not intentionally, but sacrifices himself um, to warn the other people that the boat that's approaching is not Penny's boat. It's, it's, it's some other ship that means the harm or you know, hmm. do bad things to it. Um, so the song very much centers around a theme of that, uh, of that particular episode of Lost, but also incorporates some really super personal shit too. Okay. Um, so a lot of the, for people who knew the show, They'll, they'll hit a bunch of those lyrics and they'll immediately tie them back to the show. But the overall song is more of a kind of a, a, you know, a personal kind of story about loss. And, you know, now that I've lost something, where, you know, where do we go now? Kind right. of thing. And the, the hope that I put in this thing that was coming to rescue me, this boat, you know, that was coming to kind of save us, ended up not being what I thought it was going to be. And, um, mm. A lot of crazy, like for for me, like wrapping all my head around all that, it was like really an interesting kind of puzzle to put together. And unfortunately, if you guys never saw the show, it's not going to make a lot of sense. <laughs> Dude, but, I'm going to find um, it. It's got to exist on the internet somewhere, right? <laughs> oh, it, it definitely does. Like, if, you to, if, you go to, if you go to YouTube and type Lost, Not Penny's Boat, you'll get the whole scene where the character... I'm going to watch the um, whole episode now, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The whole to. episode, most of the episode, might not make a damn bit of sense to you, but that part might start tying okay. things yeah. together a little bit. If I can watch cool. the whole Top Gun for TBR, I can watch an episode for the Huntington. You know what I mean? <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen, and probably tonight. Nice. Cool. This is exciting. See, I thought it was just yeah. like kind of a throwback to losing Penny. That's why I was like, "Ooh, a Penny song. Cool." Well, it just had. I mean, it, it worked out that way because, yeah, of course, there's you know. Um, there's that there's losing Penny, so having right. another song with the name Penny in it, yeah, kind of has that tie, and totally. so I enjoyed that too. And you know, I enjoyed like having the ability to kind of sort of 
pull something from the past and in, in, into now. Um, but you know, the whole idea behind the lyrics and everything, totally nothing to do. <laughs> we got Josh here asking if Mike's yapping. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Excluding the new album, what do you think's the best Huntington's record of the past? What's your favorite? Um, like songs? Is it high school? What lost. is it? Get okay, lost. so <laughs> you guys are putting me in that spot again where I just like Sweet Sixteen. Pick <laughs> I love those songs. Rocket, That's why I love Rock and Roll Habits so much. Um, ah, oh, man. See, I, see, I'd have to, I'd have to go two different directions and pick two because, like, it just depends on the mood. Right. Like, I feel like, I feel like the most the best like writing as far as like melody and arrangements and stuff are concerned would, would be songs in the key of you. Like just It is pretty awesome. The pop yeah, the right. pop feels, the hooks and everything on that record, um, I feel like are really strong and they really they really came together well. Um yeah. for just overall kind of punch and just like, you know, beginning to end consistency and, you know, that kind of thing, I would probably go with get lost. So gotcha. between between those two, you know, and they're two totally different albums. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's kind of difficult to like put them up against each other and say, okay, well, which one of these is, do I think is the right. better one? Because they're not even like, they're, they're just it's apples and oranges. Diff- yeah. Different flavors. We should do the thing we do. We've been doing lately is how about we real quick, just go through the record. You tell us the best song on each. Like what's the best sweet 16 song. <laughs> the best sweet 16 song. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh just run them down real quick. And Josh can just uh, wait for a second. Josh, <laughs> he can definitely, we got time. He can totally wait. So, like, I would say the best Sweet 16 song, in my opinion, is She's All Right. Oh, I thought Love you were going to say Johnny Walker. No, hey, what do you, no. didn't we have something with Cliffy where, like, we we said when he, when that song comes up, Mike just rolls his eyes? <laughs> you know what? We, we, put that, we put Johnny Walker in, like, a set list for last year. And I think we played it one time. Like every other time, we were either like crunched for time, or something came up, or like we gotta cut two songs. Let's cut Johnny Walker. Like, and it was just immediately, let's cut Johnny Walker. <laughs> for some reason, it just can't make its way back into the set list. <laughs> I love that one, but it, is it weird for you to be like he's the coolest kid in town and all that? Yeah, it's a little goofy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I can see him just just like getting right next to you, just slightly ahead of you, playing live with a big smile on his face while you're singing that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's that's, that's the look, man. You got it. That's it. <laughs> All right, fun and games. Yeah, favorite song. Fun and games. Ooh, there's so many good oh, ones. So man. many good ones. I like Bubblegum Girl a whole lot. Losing I like Losing Penny, a lot of course. Too. Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably go with Losing Penny. That's yeah. Good yeah. Allison's really fucking good though too. Yeah. Yeah. She's see, a bomb, the thing dude. is, it's like, yeah. it, I, I there's not been like a show since '97 that we haven't played that song. Right. And so uh, eventually, it just starts it just starts to wear on you, and it's like, yep, I know we got to play it for every show from now until we die, but <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what about high school rock? Uh, this is where shit gets hard. Um, Aloha really rules. Hard. You know which one I love the most, uh, probably though, is "How Can I Miss You If You Won't Go Away." Uh, 
shit. You know what? That's a yeah. I'm down with that song. Like if I had to pick like a a mid tempo song for that one, I would pick that one. And if I had to pick one of the like more faster kind of you know um, more not aggressive but just like a faster song, I'd probably go with Gene. So I can miss you, Gene. Yeah. Yep. Classic. Yeah. Get lost. Yeah. What you got on Get, Get lost. lost? What's on there? Um, I think I'm gonna go with Samantha. Well, I know I should be home, cause I'm better off alone. Well, I know just where she should be. I. kids man see i like samantha i like playing live like if uh, we're, we're actually playing poster kids in our set now and we'll probably be playing it uh you know for a while now it'll still be in the set but samantha was in the set for a while and that's one song i, I love playing a song live um this is a good one. yeah I, i'd go with samantha yeah what's your favorite on there nate oh man half that album is my favorite <laughs> um <laughs> probably her eight for you you know 
for you is, oh, that's like yeah. the, that's like the yeah. back to you for the Huntington's you know you know like yeah. if I had to say like what's my favorite Vapid song I, I don't know if it is back to you but I always say back to you because it's just so so damn good right yeah, so hooray for that's you it's when it comes on it just you know you gotta turn it up a little bit never skip it repeat it <laughs> so but honestly uh, somebody's trying to kill me is right there too and right. post your kids yeah. and there's a lot of good pool ones. party. Pool party's pretty rad. Yeah, I like that video for that song, man. I do too. <laughs> yeah, that was the fun Jennifer to make. Love Hewitt shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to count that Darlington split? I would say too late. Um, the hit on that one. Yeah, unfortunately, too late pops up again on songs in the key of you. Yeah. And, like I like, 
I like that version better because it's got a couple more instruments kind of floating in the background. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, too late as far as like a song would be concerned. Yeah, I'd probably put that one up there too. Gotcha. Good Christmas song on that record too, yeah, though. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. What's next? Uh, plastic, plastic surgery. surgery. Ooh, um, there's a lot of good ones out here too. So we started uh, recently playing "Now I'm All Right." Live, That's my favorite, and um, I think that one would probably be pushing close to the top there. That song rules. again it probably wouldn't have popped up on my radar but now that we're doing that it's like yeah that's a i like that's a fun song yeah what do you say i used to be dependent on a love that was overrated that's that song right 
So yeah, I used to be dependent on a love that was only rented. Only rented. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love that song though. That's my my favorite yeah, on that good. record. That's cool, cool that you're doing yeah. one of those poppy ones. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty groovy. I guess we skip Rock and Roll Habits because that's basically the first two, right? Yeah. Man, I love that, though. Those re-records fucking rule. Yeah, I'm glad we did that. Like Because the, the the first record we did, we we didn't have a clue what we were doing in, the, in a studio. Not a clue. And, you know, they we rushed through it really quickly. It was recorded quickly. You know, most of, most of the singing was just monotone and a lot of out-of-key crap and so going back after we sort of spent some spent a couple of years with those songs and touring with them and sort of kind of mm. wrapping our head around how to do that a little bit you know do everything a little bit better than we did before I'm really glad we cleaned it up a little bit yeah um, interesting fun fact this was the first purchase I ever made on iTunes was Rock and Roll Habits nice <laughs> <laughs> the cd but then when itunes became a thing i just that was my first purchase <laughs> that's yeah awesome. i love that that's just a great collection of the classic shit you know with way better yeah. sound and you can yeah, tell you yeah, guys are much yeah. more seasoned it, it fucking rules yeah like if i was gonna yeah. if i someone never heard the huntington's and they i was gonna give them one record that's the one i give them yeah and, oh. and for the longest time like when like uh when we actually still had CDs to sell, like we don't, we're pretty much out of like all of those old CDs. We don't yeah. really have a whole lot of them anymore. But that would be the one that we would like if if someone came up, they'd never seen us before. Um, oh man, that was really fun. You know, which one of these should I buy? And there was like eight of them on the table or something, and be like, <laughs> yeah, this one because it really mixes it all together and 
Plus, there's like 20 plus songs, right? Yeah, yeah, the best bang for the buck, and you know, if most likely they probably were attracted to a lot of the more poppy, catchy kind of sing along y kind of songs, Mm -hmm. and that's really what that record does. Totally. Love it. What's next, Nate? Songs? Songs in the key of you. All right, so I'll switch it up since I picked too late for the Darlington single. I'll pick the last time that you left. I stole my girl, dude. That song rules. Yeah, that's a fun song too. <laughs> and enchantment under the sea rules. There's a bunch of good ones on there, man. Yeah, welcome back. It's kind of a standard too, I think. I love that one. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, you write some good songs, dude. 
Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, you've been doing it a long time, man. Big part of yeah. my uh, big part of my life was the Huntingtons for sure, musically. So uh, then what's next? It's uh, the retarded the split. Next? Oh yeah. That Damn, was... I don't even remember what's on that one. What's on there? Bunch of covers. Yeah, I'm it? having a hard time remembering it too. Um, like I think, <laughs> uh, let's fight. Um, potty mouth. Uh, what the hell is this? In there? Is that the one you guys covered the cure on? Always don't cry. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Always don't cry on there. <laughs> that was a weird. We, we did. We did that. We did that so weird. Like we. I like it. We went in and we only had a we only had a couple bucks to record with and. We went to our standard studio, Clay Creek, and we recorded all the drums at Clay Creek. And then um, the guy we had playing guitar for us, or maybe it wasn't, no, because Andy was playing it. But yeah, so we had a friend that had like a little home studio set up at that time. He was like, well, just do the drums at Clay Creek, and then we'll just do everything else at my house. And it was like a totally weird and bizarre process to, to make that record, to make that split. Um, the way the songs came together was just so different like from anything else we had ever done it turned out a little strange but um but yeah oh geez uh i like let's fight a lot i think that's a fun song and it's probably like maybe one of the more representative huntington songs where some of the other ones kind of drifted a little off into some weird areas right um yeah i'd go with that cool uh then what then what would be after that then self-titled yeah yeah um so there's a song on that record called Untitled 2, and that would easily be my favorite song on that record. Yeah. 
weird for you to do it without Cliffy? Um, not really. Um, <laughs> and and not not because like, uh, not because I'm like, oh, I don't need Cliff. Not 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 that kind of an idea. No. But by the time by the time we did that, he had been out of the band for two years, and so and we had toured like crazy amounts in between that time. So it was, you know, me, Josh, uh, we had a drummer named Rick in the band at that time. Um, and then Andy was the, was the guy that stepped in when, when Cliff left and we toured with those guys for two straight years. Um, I even quit my job at one point and, and dedicated full time to just being on the road touring. Um, and, uh, and we even went back to Europe a second time with, um, well, three of us, uh, me, Josh, and Rick did. Andy didn't go with us. So we had spent a lot of time together. Um, and, yeah, I mean, at that point, it was like, yeah, okay, this is the band now. Um, so, you know, making that album um, without Cliff was, it just it just was the way that we were, you know, just felt natural, I guess, at that point, to just because these were the guys I've been living with for a few years, um, you know, sharing the stage with and so forth. Um, but it was certainly, like, a different record, and when we were approached to do it, we had already, like, we were already done with Tooth and Nail. Those records that that contract was over, um, and Fast Music, you know, said, "Hey, do you want to do one more?" And you know, obviously, if a if a label approaches you and says, "Yeah, we'll put you in the studio, we'll put the record out," you know, you you know, at that point, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, we'll do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um, Definitely. <laughs> so it was a it was a different process, and I think like at that point, I kind of had felt like this was it, like this was going to be the end of it. Um, we had already had all of our stuff stolen when we were on tour. Um, I don't know if that story's ever been told, but we I never heard that. On. So oh, okay. <laughs> what they take so all your gear? Yeah, we're going into overtime here, I guess. So yeah, um, we had <laughs> toured for uh, we had toured with the the non Cliff lineup for about a year, and we all got together and said, "Hey, this is actually like this is actually going really well. The tours are coming in good." Um, the different bills that we're getting on are really good. Uh, let's let's pump it up. Let's do it full time. Um, and so I quit my job in July of uh, 2002, and we decided to just dedicate ourselves to just touring and making music. And so the very first tour we went on after I left my job uh, was in September, like two months later, and um, and we were in Dallas, Texas, and the next night was in Oklahoma City. We packed up, left Dallas, drove about an hour and a half north to head towards Oklahoma City, got a hotel, and woke up to our trailer door being broken uh, wide open into and, and and all the stuff gone. Oh um, man. And that was that was the sixth day of a five week tour. So oh, you know, we were less than we were less than a week in. Um and uh we finished that tour. We did all five weeks of it. Um we borrowed gear, we scraped together, we you know ate as cheaply as we could and you know tried to patch things back but honestly like it was like the hugest morale killer ever um, you know yeah. you know i'm married at that point i don't have kids but i just quit my job <laughs> and like yeah. and we you know we you know all everything's gone um and so like the uh the offer to do this record came after that so you know we came back we all settled into the idea of well geez i guess we're not doing this anymore like everybody just felt like like shit after that um 
but then we just you know we got this call hey you know do you guys want to do another record and it's like okay but this is probably going to be the last one you know we we um hit this serious roadblock and um probably not going to recover from it probably going to go ahead and just go back to my boss and beg to get my job back kind of thing which i did and i still work there to this day <laughs> um but uh but yeah, so that's kind of why that record feels that way. Um, it doesn't feel like a Huntington's album. It feels a lot different, and a lot of the songs um, lyrically are about kind of things coming to an end and kind of coming to a close, because um, that's kind of the way that it felt at the time. Like this was going to be it. You know, we're we're done. Yeah. Um, so it, it, that's you know partial reason why it has such a different flavor than all the other records. Though. But, uh, gotcha. It ended up not being that way. <laughs> Seventeen years later, doing it again. There you go. It's awesome. What's left? Just uh, uh, pull the plug and punk sounds. Oh yeah, well, I mean, pull the plug is just hits. A, the, yeah, yeah. Pull the plug's just like an acoustic thing that I like. I mean, that it's one just though. me and Josh. It's cool. Yeah, just kind of threw together some acoustic punk sounds is like another kind of. Are those re-records or is it just a compilation? I don't actually have that one. Yeah, that one. It well, okay, so it's mostly a compilation because it's most um, of those songs from the Darlington split, right? Yeah, and then there's two songs that got pulled from. Um, one song got pulled from Plastic Surgery, and one song got pulled from Get Lost. I think, or two, or did both of them get pulled? Um, let's see. Uh, Not by you. Uh, there's a song called "Not by You" yeah. on there, I think. Mm-hmm. And back. But in any case, there's at least one or two songs that got yanked off of between Plastic Surgery because Plastic Surgery and Get Lost were recorded at the same time. Yeah. And then the songs were just split between the two records, um, and uh, some songs got yanked. Like "Let's Go to Haddonfield" was supposed to be the opening song on Get Lost, and that got and that mm. got yanked off of Get Lost. Um, and then it, it got put on the Darlington split. Um, and then Not By You was, I think, a song that was going to be on Plastic Surgery, and that got yanked, and uh, and that made its way on the punk sounds. And then we recorded two um, two new songs at the time to put on that because it was all done for uh, a benefit for our original drummer, Mikey. Um, his, his wife, Jeannie, from Jeannie Hates the Ramones, um, uh, she came. She she uh, had brain cancer. Oh no! And there was all kinds of just medical bills piling up. And at that point in time, you know, the band had had broken up, and Mike Mikey hadn't been with us for a really long time. Um, but we got back together with him, recorded two brand new songs with him, and put those on Punk Sounds. Kind of had all the profits from Punk Sounds go towards you know helping those guys out with all the expenses from from everything that she was going through. Cool. Um, but yeah, other than that though, it was yeah, it was all stuff that we pulled off of like the, you know, the Dolphins. But, right. Um, but yeah, that pretty much that pretty much catches us up to yeah present day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how stoked cool. are you? Your new album's about to drop. People are gonna freak out, man. They're gonna love it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm kind of curious. I'm. I'm. A, I'm a little curious as to like to hear the reaction and like it's kind of it's kind of cool because like knowing that you guys you know 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 about us and and are really um you know have a good knowledge of our history and all the old records and all that kind of stuff and to hear your feedback to say oh yeah man i'm i'm digging it that's that's like a big boost because it's like 
you know, there's got to be kind of like a standard to say, all right, so if we're going to say, what are the people who dug the old stuff going to think about the new stuff? Then you guys kind of fit right in there, right? You're like, yeah, totally. you know, you're, you're a good representative of like what people might think. And so it's kind of cool to think, you know, since you guys have already heard it um, and you're kind of giving it the thumbs up, it's like, all right, that's nice. That's cool. It's a good thing to hear. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm curious. I'm kind of waiting to see like what, what the feedback is going to be. Um, but yeah, it's super excited. Can't wait for it. Yeah. Ready to go. It's awesome. Yep. I'm proud of you guys for coming back with another, you know, another killer album to put on the list. A lot of bands after 17 years, you know, it might, <laughs> they might be limping along a little bit, but you guys are, you know, top of your form, really. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, thank you. Um, for sure, thanks for saying that. Um, but that was, you know, there was never going to be a time when, um, if we didn't feel that way, that we were going to do it. And so, even before we got together on that first rehearsal, and anybody, you know, none of us shared our songs with each other yet. No, you know, we're all probably a little nervous about, oh, what's everybody going to think about this song I'm bringing to the table? Yeah. Um, prior to that, it was like, you know what? We're going to know right away if this stuff doesn't match up. And if it doesn't, we're just not even going to waste our time. Like, you know, scrap it, go back to the drawing board, give it a couple months, maybe come back again and maybe, you know, give it another try. But let's not force it. Let's not like, we don't have to do this, right? Like, right. yeah. <laughs> no one's no one's out there beating on our doors making us you know record another album so <laughs> if it if it happens awesome if we're happy with it great if not cool and it just worked out it worked out that uh you know from day one we were like yeah we're we're into this let's keep going and you know glad we did so am i man yeah definitely all right, Mike, uh, thanks for uh, taking part in this, of course, and uh, come back again anytime you want. You just want to come back and shoot shit about anything, you're more than welcome. Just let us know. Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks a lot for having me on. Thanks so much again, man. It was a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. I'll talk to you guys soon. Yep. Keep in touch. All right. Thanks, Mike. All right. Bye. See ya. I am Ben Weasel. You are listening to The Dummy Room with two confused young men who have bad taste in music. Enjoy. We have news for beautiful people. There's a lot more of us in our view. Any of you that have ever felt stepped on, left out, picked on, put down, why don't you just come down here and join us, okay? All right, dummy room. Last but certainly not least, we are joined by Josh Blackway. All right, we're here with Mr. Josh Blackway. How's it going, dude? Good, man. I'm excited. So we chatted a little bit uh, before this. Um, maybe I was thinking of introducing you as Johnny. Yeah, but of course, I mean, you don't go by Johnny anymore. Well, yeah, there's no Johnny in my name. <laughs> that was just, that was Cliff's idea because Joshy was like weird sounding and, you know. Yeah, um, definitely weird, weird sounding. So was, I wanted to ask somebody yeah. this. Did, did Cliff choose all the names? 
the Mikeys, the, the you know, the Tommy, Bradley, I don't even know who, Davies. Pokey, Franny, Zooey, Bowser, Cubby. That's probably a cliff question. Should have thought about that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, like, he, uh, he, he get, I think it was, like, originally it was going to be J, JJ, but then um, I had some friends that found out about that, and they were like, what's up, Gay Gay Huntington? And um, <laughs> I don't know if, if I was just like, I don't want to be JJ, because it sounds like Gay Gay, and I don't know. But um, uh, Johnny was like, just J-O-N-N-Y was like, Johnny Ramone used to wear a shirt that said, I'm not Johnny Ramone. And it was spelled J-O-N-N-Y. <laughs> and that was Cliff's whole reasoning behind it. He was like, just be Johnny. You got the first two letters <laughs> of your name. And, you know, just, I'm like, fine. Because I, I get it, Josh. Is... <laughs> and plus, at the time when I joined the band, uh, Josh Zimmer was the other, you know, he, the other Josh. He was the drummer. And he was Danny. <laughs> number Danny two. Number, Danny number two. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Yeah. Danny number two and uh yeah. so i think his middle name was actually daniel so made sense for him but yeah i have no no jonathan's in my family or anything like that uh i don't, I don't get it but hmm. that's what we did so we went with and then cliff was out of the band after that songs of the kid you album and then we uh you know we just didn't really care about the whole wise at the end of our names i guess after that so when we did that self-titled album um i think i'm just josh on that record yeah 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 boring no not at all so <laughs> i don't think i don't remember who told us one of the guys told us that you were the guy that came up with the trooper part on the slammer is that true yeah what made you to want to throw a maiden riff in there all out of nowhere <laughs> Um, I think it's cool, but I'm just saying, where did that idea uh, come from? Well, I I want to say, unfortunately, I've kind of become a Maiden fan later in life. Um, Maiden's and cool, it's, dude. It's like I I love them now, like, but I I should have loved them a long time ago, and just you know, a band that I discovered later, and it's kind of because my dad is um his business he he works for this company called cp cases i'm not trying to do a promotion or anything but <laughs> no man push it there's at least 15 people listening to this <laughs> right right no, but they, they started out as like a, a a case company for for bands in england and they did like all the huge uk bands the who and rolling stones and they made like road cases for all of their equipment cool they they built a a case for elton john's piano stool wow stuff like that and um the uh the one guy who's like the main sales guy over there is the brother of yannick gers who plays guitar in iron maiden and so my dad is like close with iron maiden's guitarist's brother and mm. i was sitting at the beach one day and my buddy was going up to the iron maiden show in philly and he texted me. He's like, yo, man, I'm off to Maiden. I'm like, oh, cool. I have fun. And I just started thinking about it. I was literally sitting on the beach. and I, I was like, I wonder if I could get into this show for free. 
and I, <laughs> I, I texted my dad's boss in England, and I was like, "Hey, do you think I could get into that Iron Man show in Philly tonight?" And he said, "Hang on, give me a few minutes." <laughs> and he, and then like a few minutes later, wrote back. He was like, "All right, you're on the guest list." Wow. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. I like ran from the beach and drove up and little did i know it was like vip guest list and um we had access to like this whole like <laughs> pre-show thing that i missed because i got up there late and um but the show was just amazing and i just thought they're so good you're so old but they're still so good <laughs> and um i just had been listening to them a lot and then yeah so Cool. I just kind of—I I always loved the Trooper, and well, not always, but once I discovered Maiden, I right. loved the Trooper, and um, it kind of fit with a song I was writing for this record, and so I worked it in there. So, do you prefer the uh, Dickinson Maiden or the like old school, more punky Maiden stuff? Dickinson, dude. <laughs> yeah, Dickinson. I mean, yeah, all day long. Dickinson. I'm a, I'm I'm a new school Maiden fan. Yeah. New school guess, since yeah. like the early eighties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. I actually saw Iron Maiden when I was like, I think in sixth grade they were on that uh Can I Play with Madness tour? Mm. And uh fucking Guns N' Roses were supposed to open in like the Appetite for Destruction days, you know? What? Really? Yeah, and uh, we get to the show and I was more stoked about G and R because they were like new and badass still, you know? And Axl Rose canceled because his fucking throat hurt. And they gave us yeah. that band <laughs> called Hurricane instead. It was fucking brutal. <laughs> but Maiden was still kind of cool, you know. But I was super disappointed because at that time, like, the appetite for destruction was the shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I yeah. mean, if you could see them during that time, that's uh, just like, I would imagine that would be like, go down as like greatest show ever yeah, well, you know i was actually at that fucking st louis riot which totally sucked <laughs> yeah that was that was terrible well jody's you know, friend got stuck in the porta right jody yeah during the riot my friend somebody he was like in one of those porta potty things <laughs> johnny on the spot things yeah and somebody pushed it over like door side down <laughs> oh my gosh and he was like stuck in there dude for a while and uh yeah no one will ever let that That's... fucker live it down either right but yeah he yeah, came yeah. out swinging dude he was pissed <laughs> i think it was cliffy that said that you know that you guys kind of based this new record on appetite and something else right okay good i'm glad he said that i was gonna say it. that's what i was about to say like you know we did like for some reason mike started listening to appetite a lot around the time of writing this and that's kind of where a lot of the flow of everything came from. And uh, so that good transition there. That really sounded <laughs> uh, like it was planned out, but which <laughs> it was, it I guess. But totally was not. But yeah, yeah. I just remember Cliffy saying that before. I don't really hear Appetite for Destruction. I don't hear it either, though, man. You know, when I listen to your record at all. It just sounds like the Huntington's to me. You mean you already got it? That's just you're not supposed to have it yet. <laughs> oh man, then we've 
we've been in trouble well, we... for a long time now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Blame blame your drummer on that one, but yeah, um, totally. Now we we've had this record for a couple months at least, yeah, three we... months maybe, Jody. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> we just talked to Mike, and we were literally asking him about the next record already. That's how much we've heard this record already. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. I like this record a lot, man. Um, it's pretty rocking. I mean, it's 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 definitely punchy record. Um, but the slammer, yeah. When I, that came on, I was like, "This is this is this is off the rails for the Huntington's." Yeah, it's great. Um, but what what do you think of it? What do you think of? I mean, were you surprised when you found out you were gonna? I mean, J- Mikey was saying that it's been kind of in the works for a couple of years, you know, planning stages yeah. and stuff. But you know, from you you've been in the band for twenty years, right? Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this: you you start you joined in '99, right? Yeah. Ish. Um, so that that era of the Huntington's, like that crazy busy, uh, get lost and all those splits, the the file under the Ramones, the good, the bad, the ugly, the plastic surgery, you that was all in like just a couple of years. Um, so did you get really used to that, and then all of a sudden nothing for like a decade or fifteen <laughs> years? Yeah, it kind of sucked because like I was in the band prior to plastic surgery coming out like right uh shortly after uh file under ramones and get lost but then plastic surgery wasn't even out yet um and then the split with darlington which i that was my first like tour playing with them i did a little tour where i was like let's see how how we get along with them on the road kind of tour yeah, <laughs> um, but I wasn't actually playing with them. But I, I did one of those, and then I remember like being at a lot of places where they were taking the pictures for these albums. But I'm not in the band yet. I'm like standing along, like off, not in the frame, and <laughs> so. But I didn't care because I'm like 19 years old, and I'm like I didn't play on this anyway. So who cares? I'm not. I shouldn't be on this, but. Then I stuck around, and they didn't really like want to take any chances on picturing someone, even though they knew like you know Chad CJ Huntington was leaving the band or whatever. They they were still like, yeah, I don't know. Like, what if what if Josh doesn't work out? Then we got a guy pictured on it that didn't play on it that isn't in the band anymore, and <laughs> so like he's actually pictured on probably more records than I am. Well, I don't know, but yeah, I think he is actually. Hmm. But like his time frame in the in the band was so short, and um, you know, mine's twenty, yeah, over twenty years now. But um, I don't really care. It's just like uh, that was that was just the way things were back then. Every it was a rotating door, right? Yeah. So, Josh, what's your favorite song on the new record? Is it the Slammer? Is it my song? Uh, is that the only one you I wrote on there? Say, or was there a it's the only one I, okay. I wrote, like, like I, that I sent, you know, okay. the whole yeah, yeah. idea or whatever, you know. But Mike definitely tweaked things and made it better because he's awesome at that stuff. And he actually took the Maiden, like, lyrics he yeah. worked them into his lyrics or whatever, and I didn't have that as part of the song. But we also have some poison references in there. <laughs> but that's another story. I don't know 
if anyone told you about that or not. No, I don't think uh, so. And I haven't picked up on any, but I'm not well-versed in poison, really. It's way more exciting than Iron Maiden, so let's do it. Well, can I talk about the poison thing? Oh, my God. (laughs) Sure. Okay. (laughs) I got permission. Okay. So, um, my girlfriend, uh, her mom, I wrote the song the slammer about her mom because <laughs> okay. like she would, you know, end up in jail every now and then. And, uh, her name's Michelle. So like the first lyric, Oh my Michelle. That's about Michelle, yeah. her mom. Wait, are you sure I can do this? <laughs> All right. She's laughing. She says, okay. Um, <clears throat> so basically, uh, her mom back in the eighties, uh, like, Went and went to a lot of poison shows and <laughs> became friends with Brett Michaels. Okay. And, uh, and, and, oh, man. I already know where this is going. Yeah. Well, we're, we're 90% sure that, um, her dad is Brett Michaels. Wow. So, um, and if you look <laughs> at her, she kind of, in a way, like, you can see it, you know? Yeah. Um, do you guys already know about this? No, no. I'm telling you, I haven't heard the other interviews or whatever. I don't know if anyone said anything, but um, somebody mentioned that that Slammer was about something that you would t- you would tell us. Yeah, but that's all we got out of it. That's the only note I have for Josh is Slammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So uh, there's some poison references in the song. There's some, and then Maiden was all separate from that, but it's also worked into the song and. Um, so yeah. wait, your so, girl, does she really think that Brett Michaels might be her biological father, or is that just kind of a joke? No, I think it's. So she looks I, like old Brett. I did a little research. He was a pretty hope. man back in the first Poison <laughs> album. I wonder how many siblings your girlfriend has. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, um, it, I don't know. That's a. That's a. It's a long, deep topic, but um, so like when you guys get married, is the father-daughter dance going to be uh, "Every Rose Has Its Thorn"? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, so you could go on and on about this because it's yeah. Literally wow! Like, now I want to see a picture like, of her, dude. You gotta send us something. I can send you the side by side. It's like it's kind of unquestionable. Wow! But um, yeah, I wasn't really planning on going into that on this, but I don't care. You guys are in the dummy room. Let's party. <laughs> so does she awesome. like go back in the Huntington's catalog and rock out that talk dirty to me cover they did back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> so like when Mike says in that song, you know, down down in too much poison and screwing up your brain. Holy but, shit. You know, he's talking about, you know, he mentions poison. Right. It's a poison reference. Yeah. And I think there's another reference in there somewhere. But um well, now, now, if you yeah, now I'm gonna have listen to, to it, listen to it again through the lens, you'll, you'll of, see it. It'll be obvious. Yeah. <laughs> wow. How old's your girlfriend? She's. Um, I'm she's curious. 30. She's thirty, so that's yeah. that's. I did the uh, math, man. Her mom lived in Detroit, and it was literally like nine months <laughs> before she was born. That's eighty nine, right? And poison, poison played there. Yeah. So uh, that's like that's like 
peak poison peak poison time yeah good for i mean he but he was probably a kind of a hard catch at that point he was in demand probably yeah, still is in demand maybe like, but still kind of friends like they well, like if they play she goes to the show and you know it's awesome like, yeah there's definitely a What's dumb that? joke in there somewhere about Brett Michaels to say hi to your mom for me, but uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we'll spare you. I will say though, if you want to, I'm not trying to switch gears, but I will say that <laughs> years ago, um, we talked about Mike was like, I want to do a third Back to the Future song. Yeah, and I was like, okay. At the time, uh, Tom Wilson, who played Biff, had like a comedy thing that I came across and I thought he was hilarious. He was just like a stand-up comedian. He's, he's really funny. And I sent, I like, you know, looked him up and sent him a message and was like, Hey, so we're talking about doing this new record or EP. And I'm telling you, this is like five, six years ago. We're talking about doing a back to the future, like EP. Wow. And like re-record 1985 and chairman of the and do a new song because cool. Mike has, had been talking about doing a, th- uh, like completing the trilogy for years. And so I was like, Hey, we want to do this. And if we do like, do you think you could do a, uh, like a, a sound bit or a, like a, the liner notes or anything? Like, would you want to be a part of it at all? Like we would love to have you part of it. And I, he wrote back and he was just like, thank you very much. You know, like, I appreciate you asking, but you know, I don't do the pop, the pop thing anymore. Like I stay out of that. And, uh, but let me know when your record comes out. Cause I'm, I'm a buyer and cool. Like, well, <laughs> come on, man. So he turned us down on like being a part of this at all. But, um, but I almost got Tom Wilson like to be a part of that. That would have been awesome. A long time ago. But Hey, he's probably, he probably hasn't gonna get the new Huntington's record and rock this song out. He's been waiting <laughs> on it for seventeen some odd years. <laughs> he he pre ordered yeah. it probably. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Totally awesome. So what's your what's your favorite uh Huntington's song of the trilogy? The trilogy. So yeah, about. to answer your oh to, of the trilogy? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, because you did ask me that a while ago. I never really answered, but Yeah, we'll um, get to that. The uh of the trilogy, yeah, like I would say Enchantment of the Sea. I mean, yeah, yeah, me too.
wanna dance with me? Do you wanna hold my hand? Are you scared like I am? Do you wanna dance with me? Do you wanna hold my hand? Are you scared like I am? She's got a better offer She's the authentic of my eyes Do you wanna dance with me? Do you wanna hold my hand? Are you scared like I am? Do you wanna dance with me? Do you wanna hold my hand? That was kind of the first song I like had an input on a uh, the way the song went in a way like just the a lot of the, you know the Cliffy was in the band and then he left the band right after and a lot of it was just like we brought Mike back in the band Mike Pierce back in the band to play drums mm-hmm. on that record and um, just there was no like flow between band members and uh the uh the way that came together was mike sent us all a cd in the mail that was like demos that he made on his computer and while we were like in the studio or rehearsing or like right before we went into the studio i came up with like the stop right before the um oh yeah because it got a better offer like before that i was like why don't we just like stop like bang Bam. And then I remember Mike Pierce was like, dude, that just made the song like a million times better. And he was like, cool, I finally contributed something to this whole like new song process because it was freaking was taking years to, to do anything in that regard. <laughs> you know. But um yeah, I really like the song. It's fun to play. Yeah, it's a great one. So what was your favorite on the new record though? So back to that, I th- I mean I it's not fair to say the slammer. That wouldn't be fair. Would, <laughs> so, um, honestly, the my favorite song is probably um, not Penny's Boat.
Nice. <laughs> yep, that's and, the uh, hit, man. <laughs> yeah. That song's got a lot of like deep like emotional stuff going on. Um that uh definitely don't want to talk about and stuff, but um but yeah, it's a it's yeah. a great song. So have you watched this Mike just got to tell us about that. A lot of that song came from this episode of Lost. Have you seen that episode? And if not, are you going to watch it like I am later? <laughs> uh, no, I, I I never watched Lost. I didn't either. I watched the plane crash scene. That's about it. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Mike was saying, though, that uh, there's an episode of Lost called Through the Looking Glass that inspired yeah. a lot of those lyrics. So I'm going to try to find it and check it out. Mike was telling Jen about it. I remember I was like sitting at his house when he was telling her like, so, you know, that show we used to watch, you know, I, I, I named this song that not Penny's boat because, you know, we used to watch lost and, <laughs> and she was like, Oh, cool. All right. Let me ask you this. Um, you played with CJ. Um, okay. So I, I mentioned this to Chris one time and he hadn't noticed this before. Innocent from the new album. The very intro, is it not just like uh, Carry Me Away from Last Chance to Dance? Hmm. Hmm. No, I never noticed that. But Jesus. I will say Carry Me Away is <laughs> pretty much the same song as Last Chance to Dance. Did he tell you about that? Uh, no. All right, so there was a show, a huge like metal fest, and we played in uh, the mountains in France with cj okay. and um metal played fest? last chance it was a metal fest huh. that we should not be playing and cj <laughs> no. was really worried about it he was like we got to play all stuff from like my um <laughs> you know my stuff before my solo records and you know like uh, his he wanted to like break out really early cj ramon stuff and do only hard ramon's songs and mm-hmm. um Ended up being like a perfectly fine festival for us to play in front of a really large crowd. But he uh, he went into this thing where we played Last Chance to Dance, and then a couple songs later was the other song that I'm not remembering. Um, long story short, we're in front of the festival crowd. We play Last Chance to Dance. We play like Rockaway Beach. The next song is supposed to be the song that I can't think of. And we start playing that song, but CJ starts singing the lyrics to Last Chance to Dance. (laughs) So then the band, as professional as we are, we just decide to go with him and play Last Chance to Dance. And we end up playing the song like twice out of three songs in front of a massive crowd. And we were on tour. We did like some shows with the dwarves and Nick Oliveri was standing on the side of the stage and he's just like kind of a, a wacky, crazy dude. And he's like, right. the rest of the set, he's just yelling, play last chance to dance. Play last. <laughs> like just wants us to keep playing it because he knows it's hilarious that he knows he picked up on it, that we played it twice. Right. Yeah, that's funny. So that's where I thought you were going, but I don't know. Chris must have not told you that story, and nope. that's a pretty embarrassing, funny story. But um, yeah, I don't know. I never picked up on that to answer your hmm. question. <laughs>
so playing with CJ, pretty crazy times, huh? Like you, you must have saw some pretty rabid fans and shit, huh? Yeah, there's really, really Ramones fans that are insane. The one, one time, like in Florida, I think this guy he had a slice of pizza that was in a Ziploc bag and came up and was like, CJ, will you sign my pizza? <laughs> I was at your final show. Was that you, Nate? <laughs> no, he had like a slice of pizza that he got backstage and he took a slice of pizza from the, from like the backstage area at their final show. And he took it home and put it in his freezer <laughs> in the sky and like, Brought it to the show in a Ziploc bag and wanted CJ to sign it. And and he was like, I'll sign the Ziploc part of it. How about that? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Really, weird, really weird people. <laughs> That's so what's a the crazy? Well, give us like the craziest on tour with CJ story. Besides mm-hmm. the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man. Uh, dude, there's a lot of crazies with that. There's like, but a lot of it I, I shouldn't talk about, you know. <laughs> Rated X. It's okay. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I, when he asked me about playing with him, I was like, what are your tours like? Is it like what I could possibly imagine with touring with a massive rock band or whatever? And he's like, no, I go on tour so I can catch up on sleep. I got three kids at home. I don't, you know, I, I love touring because I actually get to sleep and I'm like, okay. Uh, and what, what about drugs and stuff? He's like, no, brother, man, we don't do that. You know, there's I, anyone that was into that. I was kicking them out of the band and stuff, you know? Um, and there was like kind of a, you're allowed to drink before playing, but you can't really drink that. There was like certain rules. There were shows that, um, all right, so here's a story. So Nate, the other guitarist, and I, we were playing in Miami, and we just, like, were super bored because we had all these bands playing before us, and CJ was in the backstage room sleeping, like, laying down on the bench asleep, and we, like, wandered in there, and we just, like, we just didn't want to watch any of the other bands, and we knew we had a long way to go before we got to play, and... He was like, you know, let's let's open up the Jack because there was always a bottle of Jack Daniels <laughs> backstage, and uh, I'm telling you, CJ was asleep, but somehow he like the crack of a of opening a Jack bottle, Jack Daniels <laughs> woke him up, and he like just like he's got his hat down over his face, and he was just like. Fellas drinking before the show, and we we're like, oh. <laughs> "Boss, man, we like we got along. Yeah, we're not playing for a few hours, but we're not going to drink too much." And he like kind of like, "This is early in a tour. We're both young guys, and we're just like, oh, man." So we got in trouble. We got in trouble. But so we, like, by CJ. You know, did a did a quick shot and then left and that ended up being the one show that like I just there's a YouTube somewhere of it but um, I I got messages from people the next day like hey saw on uh, saw your show on YouTube and yeah you looked (laughs) looked a little wobbly up there I'm like yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, it was a, that was not a good show. It was like it was one for sure. Like Josh got hammered on stage. All right, now everyone can hold it against me now, you know. But yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know how he could, how he did that because he was totally asleep. Just like Jack Daniels ball opens and he just like wakes up and he's like, "What are you guys doing? Hey, drinking before the show?" <laughs> That's crazy. Not, yeah, I have to dig really that, that up crazy, on YouTube. <laughs> you know the date yeah, by chance? Yeah, Miami, around <laughs> Miami, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. So how stoked are you about the new record about to come out? After all I'm this excited. time. Yeah, I'm excited because it's like first time that we're, since I've been in the band, that we're like getting a lot of help with it, you know, with as far as like pushing it and we're doing, you know, the whole world is different now. There's all, all kinds of podcasts and right. um, online, uh, online zines. There's no real zines anymore, I guess. But yeah. um, I miss those. But yeah, it's cool. We're, uh, I think, I mean, because we know it's good. We're like, yeah, this is a, uh, this could be good. I'm not. I don't think we're like gonna like become famous or anything. Um, I think Huntington's fans will like it and we'll probably grow some fans and uh, I, I'm a big stats guy so I, I follow our uh, numbers and stuff on like Spotify and it's kind of cool to see them going up since like the first single came out yeah. uh, these release shows uh, Friday February 7th and Saturday February 8th uh, it's crazy because the Jasons are playing with both of them, and the Huntingtons have this, uh, you know, that that uh, that image, that good boy Christian thing, you know? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. But then they have the Jasons playing with them, who are... <laughs> there's not a, I don't know if there's a more vulgar band than the Jasons. So it, it's quite the uh, contrast, but man, I mean, I, I love the Jasons too, but I wish I could go to one of these shows. I'm I'm jealous. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I never really thought about that. Like the, like, but they're but they're huge <laughs> Huntington's fans, and yeah, it was like oh, yeah. somewhere they. I don't know how we first played with them, but whenever we first saw them, like where they were playing with us, and they were all super excited to be playing with us, we were just blown away about how hilarious they were, and yeah, they're funny. Th- also, they had their. Uh, they're the ones that like bought our old backdrop and like they used that as a, a thing behind their merch thing. It just, it was a Huntington's backdrop, but it was just crossed off and said the Jason's. And it's like, that's, is that ours? Is that the thing that we like sold on eBay? I'm like, they're the ones that got it. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So, we had him on a couple of times and it's not even, I just laughed the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Guy's hilarious. Totally. You know, I, dude, I listened to it like twice. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm a fan, and I'm a hu- I'm a huge fan of them as well. That's cool. Yeah, man, they're uh, they're a great band. Yeah, they are. So I got a question for you, Josh. Yeah. So you've you know you're in the Huntington's. You play gigs with CJ Ramon. Is there like another band? Like if you could get another, you know, another dream gig with somebody, like would <laughs> would you be open to it? Like 
imagine the say he who cannot be named drops out of the dwarves you're gonna put on that mask and get that gig like you know what i mean nah <laughs> maybe <laughs> no, not I the he never, who gig but you know what i'm saying I never can't <laughs> do the dwarves um i almost i i sort of did an audition for screeching weasel but even that was like uh semi like i don't know if i should do this kind of thing because yeah I don't know, but um, I mean, uh, is there like a band that you would be the another dream gig? Because to me, you're in two. You've had two of them so far that I know about, Huntington's the, and the CJ. One, the one that I like, think I would be able to play in accurately and really well, and um, would have like an insane amount of fun, is Andrew WK. Yeah. Uh, because they do all downstrokes and like they're just I don't know. There's I I love Andrew WK, huge fan, and I I would say that uh, that would be my answer. Yeah, Screeching Weasel is not all downstrokes, and that was my problem with with that whole thing. And Ben was like, "You got to work on your up and down strokes," and I'm like, "Yeah." Really <laughs> He's like, "Well." work on it and then if i need a new guitarist if you're interested then you know like later then then we'll go down it but i didn't really work on it yeah i'm still just doing downstrokes and i'm doing it for long enough now that i'm not really planning on changing right yeah downstrokes are greater than you know alternate picking sometimes you go to a punk show and it looks like the guy's strumming an acoustic guitar you know what i mean it just isn't as cool (laughs) I don't know. It's like it feels weird on a on an acoustic. It's no problem. Like, but the weird sound in front of people, just like on you know, with an electric guitar, the full band doing alternate picking. Feel weird about that. I do too, man. I think it's uh, I mean. If, the, if you're playing fast enough to you can't downstroke, I get it. Yeah, but a lot of bands aren't playing that fast, and they're still not using downstrokes. I never understood that. Yeah. And it's not just the sound. It's the, I don't know. It's kind of like if you, like if I go see a band and the, and the drummer's playing quarter notes all night on the hi-hat, I, I look at it as he's totally pussing out. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> Same with but the like, downstrokes. Why, you know, Bottle Rocket's been torn for all these years, and they're Pretty much, I mean, they, there's a couple cheats in there, but these guys are they're so good because they're oh, yeah. kind of getting into that formula of like just being super tight. Everybody's super tight makes a huge difference, big time. And yeah, and there's, there's no there's no wussing out involved. You know what I mean? They're going for it. It's cool. Yeah, it's the way to do it. So, favorite band of all time, Josh. <sighs> Well, I mean, do you ask this to everybody? Is the answer no. not the Ramones? No, I think you were the first guy we asked. But I, I kind of figured it was right. going to be the Ramones. I mean, I can't really, like, it's not a fair question, but... Uh, <laughs> it's fair. Listen, right. I always about, make I got, these caveats, like, besides the Ramones, my favorite band is... Yeah, we do know. that all the time, besides the Ramones, because that's the given, but... How about... Who do you like better, Josh? The uh, the Beatles or the Beach Boys? I would say the Beach Boys, a million Beach percent. Boys. The Be- and I would also say the Beatles suck. 
I, hey, you know what? I fucking I don't like the Beatles either, man. I can't stand. <laughs> Let's them. all just calm down now. <laughs> I, I'm not a Beatles guy at all, and most people give me shit about it. So <sighs> yeah, me too. He's my favorite Huntington now. Josh is. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm drinking a beer called the Truth, so that means it's true. <laughs> there you go. Hey, did your beer so what, come what, out yet, or what? Yeah, I was going to ask you. Have you tasted this uh, Huntington's brew yet, or what? No, I'm excited about it. It's uh, I don't think it's actually done or out yet, but um, a couple weeks. It's kind of cool. So, are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna send me one? I asked Chris, and he seems really reluctant to uh, drop one in the mail for me. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It, are you allowed to mail a beer? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think if we're so. allowed to. Yeah, I think so. If not, you're gonna have to get a hold of the bandit and have him smuggle you something to Wisconsin, dude. <laughs> um, there's a hot dog place here, and they they fucking mail hot dogs anywhere in the world. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, I that can't. That's not right. I mean, I wouldn't. You're gonna fucking send a hot dog overseas, hey, and you're gonna eat I, it, I'm, dude. I I will attempt to, to mail you some beer. There you go. Uh, I just I just want like maybe two. I was thinking one to taste and then one to put on the shelf because it's right. you know it's the album cover. It looks really cool. Yeah. So, um, and it's named after my song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So who whose idea is that whole thing? Does that I mean do they approach you guys about that or is somebody go to that um, brewery Scott a little Hatchman, too often? Like so, burnt toast, but not. The oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he. He knew this brewery, yeah, and they were like, "Sure, we'll, yeah, we, we like Huntington's, yeah, we'll do that." Um, and then when it came to time to naming it, I was like, "Guys, I'm not trying to like, <laughs> you know, I know this She's is like biased, right. but like, <laughs> I do kind of think that the Slammer is a good name for a beer." And they were all just like, "Yeah, the Slammer's good for a yeah. beer. It's definitely better than like, I don't want to die alone, brew, you know." <laughs> <laughs> I'm the liquor could have worked though, right? You know. I don't want to die alone. Pale ale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say hi to your mom for me, beer. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work either. Yeah. So, what is your favorite? Like, if you had to pick one Huntington's record, whether you're on it or not, what's your favorite Huntington's record? And you can't say the new one. No, no, no. I mean, uh, I I really enjoyed you know, just being in the band and doing, uh, you know, working through the recording process and all that with the songs that gave you a record. Yeah. And I really like a lot of those songs on that one. And I know like kind of the backstory for most of them. And, uh, so that, I would say that's, well, from like a personal perspective, that would be my favorite, but, the one that I listened to the most that I bought on cassette tape shortly before I joined the band was High School Rock.
prior to being in the band, I'm like in this Christian bookstore buying this cassette tape and wearing it out, delivering pizzas in Pennsylvania and just wearing the tape out like crazy. So, um, yeah. So what I was, mean, I, I mean, was a fan. See, I, I just discovered the Huntington's at just a record store. So what was it? I mean, what was it like? You're in the Christian bookstore or whatever, and then there's this big Huntington's tape, and they look like, you know, just some kind of young punks in their Letterman's jackets and shit. Did you know what kind of music they were? Or was it just they looked cool, you thought you would get it? I mean, how did that all go? Well, no, I'm, I'm like, local to where they were playing and okay. stuff. So, so you knew about them. them. Like, I was literally going to a, a show, like, hey, my buddy and I were going to a show, and he was like, oh, Huntington, see, I have their tape. I'm like, really? And uh, let me, you know, let's play it, because I didn't know what they, you know, who they were or whatever, but right. I was going to see some other friends that were playing the show, and we listened to them on the way, and I was like, wow, cool. And, like, I knew their songs after that. Like, after, like I, I, I grasped the idea of um, She's All Right and stuff, like, yeah. from... The sweet from his copy of Sweet Sixteen that he made me a copy of yeah. on a uh, what's it called? I guess it's not a burnt. Is it a burnt cassette tape? Like or a no? dub tape. Dubbed yeah. a dub tape. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Burn yeah. me this cassette. So, I mean, I w- I was I remember jumping on stage and singing like she's all right cool. with some other random dude, um, and I only learned that song like on my way to the show. So catchy songs, good oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that was, um, that's super cool. Was, you know, I, the, just going into a, like there was a Christian bookstore not far from my house and I would go in there and look at the tooth and nail stuff. And, uh, just anytime there was a Huntington's thing, I would just grab it. You know, that's cool. I guess I never really went into many of those Christian bookstores. I didn't know they had like a you had like a tooth and nail section in the damn bookstore. Yeah, they had like a you know like a hard, like a hard rock display section case or whatever. But it was like, but it also had Petra, Joy Electric, and <laughs> right. Striper. Any Striper to be found in there? Of course. They were like yeah. the best to me, the best Christian band like probably ever. Yeah, uh, I don't I know. that shit when I was. They a might kid. have been too, uh, too big for the Christian bookstores back. Yeah, could be back in those uh, early '90s or days or whatever. Right. Yeah, because they weren't really on a Christian label or anything. They were major label stuff. Yeah, yeah. they were major. So, hmm. our old drummer uh, Josh Zimmer, the other Josh, aka the other Danny, <laughs> <laughs> um, he. His uncle lived in Hollywood, and I, we played a show out there, and we stayed at his uncle's house, and we didn't know, like, till we were, like, driving to his house, and he was like, by the way, my uncle's, like, a A&R guy for uh, in Enigma, or was yeah, it? Like, yeah, Enigma. Is that Enigma? Yeah. Um, which, at the time, was, like, kind of a subsidiary of, like, huge, like, Atlantic Records and stuff, and... Um, we showed up there and I remember his uncle being like, yeah, Gwen Stefani literally just left. <laughs> you guys just missed her. Oh man. And like, what? And 
and then I was like kind of realizing, wow, like your uncle's a, a real like record guy here. And I went, he was showing, he was like, yeah, come out to the garage. And he had, uh, tying it all back to poison. He had a look what the cat dragged in <laughs> gold record hanging in his garage, but he also had striper to hell with the devil wow. hanging in his garage, which I was like more blown away by anything. Like I was like, Oh my God. Hmm. that's cool keeps the gold records in the garage in the garage yeah Damn. I've been Shit. having those shits on eBay <laughs> <laughs> right well it's like the Joey Ramone uh, interview when he gets the uh, gold record he's like oh nice this will look good in my bathroom <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's your girlfriend's favorite poison song <laughs> just out of curiosity <laughs> I don't know, man. My favorite poison song? Yeah, what's your favorite poison song? Um Oh, I don't even I really I like Fallen Angel. Nice. I don't know. Nothing but a good time. They're all they're most of them are good. <laughs> so have you guys went to see Poison Live? Because they're they're touring this summer on this big tour. I told him that the... I'm not gonna miss it for anything. And what did I tell you? You told me that we can't go unless we get in for free so I can go see my dad. Yeah, just like <laughs> Daddy, can we get a VIP? <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, she's more of a White Snake fan. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Tony, it like follows her. It really right. Here I go again. Follows her. Did her Did her mom ever go see uh, White Snake back then? <laughs> no. I, I actually yeah, how many rock stars is your mom like? Uh, no. <laughs> Was she like a Lori Lightning kind of situation? Not to, you know. Probably probably more than one. Wow. (laughs) No more one. Mom was wild. That's pretty cool. Mom's mom is still wild. (laughs) So wild. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, Slammer was written about her recent events. Holy shit. Somewhat recently. Yeah. So. Okay. uh, Yeah. But. Hopefully she has never listened to this episode. And so has mom came to well, see the Huntingtons? Uh, and which, she, is she looking she, at Josh or to, Cliffy or what? She, she wants to. <laughs> nah, she's never seen us, but she wants to. I keep we her away. See. Well, she said whenever you guys play that song live that she can't miss it. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hook her up with Cliffy. <laughs> oh oh mm. sorry uh, are they far off what's the difference far off of what Cliff and, oh. oh Cliff and Brett <laughs> or Cliff and my mom, and mom. <laughs> yeah oh no, my gosh Cliff is older than my mom what <laughs> alright Cliff is older than her mom Cliff is one year older than my mom well, I think my, well Cliff yeah Cliff's already 50 right yeah, yeah. My mom turns 50 in June. All right. So, yeah. Wow. There's no way this is still going. You got a bonus <laughs> features for this episode? Yeah. <laughs> this is the end of the credit scene here. Dummy room after dark. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've taken up enough of your time tonight, Josh. Thanks for joining us, man. You know, this has been a blast for us. Yeah. Rob. Any yeah, final thanks, uh, things you need to push or any final words to the fans listening? <laughs> It's got an album. If anyone push, made been pushing this, this whole fucking episode, dude. Yeah, you guys did a great job pushing that <laughs> album. No, so like we did some 
other podcasts and we like realized that we didn't really talk about the rec- the new record that much and it's like okay but um <laughs> you know you guys are awesome you push us all the time and we can't thank you enough everyone in the band like freaking loves you guys so cool. hopefully you guys we can hang out sometime and uh just party or whatever totally you know? all, right. all right josh um appreciate so it appreciate uh the chance from uh to just to be involved with the uh promo of this record and uh it's really good i think everyone that loves the huntington is gonna huntington's is gonna love this fucking record and uh yeah that's it man so thanks and uh have a good night all right thanks guys yep. appreciate have a good one hey motherfuckers it's jay prozac and you're in the dummy room All right, man. Wow, this is uh, it's done. All four Huntingtons are <laughs> in the bag. What an episode, huh? Hell yeah, man. So the the whole episode was quite the undertaking for us. Um, we just finished re- talking to the last two guys, and um, yeah, man, it's getting kind of late, but I, I the episode's gonna be awesome, man. It's gonna be long, right? It is gonna be long. So hopefully you made it this far. I would just say if you have to. Listen to it in pieces, you know what I mean? That's what I would probably do. Yeah. It's going to be a long but, one, but it's going to be cool because it's like, I was thinking about it a little while ago. It's almost like when like Kiss did the four solo albums at once. We're dropping four big interviews at once. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully it won't have the same effect that those Kiss records did. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I think people will dig it, man. I mean, I had fun doing it, even if nobody listens, so... Yeah, um, but yeah, a new record drops uh, next, just next week, 31st, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's the date. Um, yeah, people are going to love it, dude. People love the Huntingtons. Not enough, but a lot of people do, so. Yeah, all the cool people love them. I mean, they're a great band. I love them, so yeah, that statement's true. <laughs> I don't know. All I've right. always just been a big fan. But anyways... After four and plus hours, you know that we like the Huntingtons. So thanks for listening if you made it this far. If you didn't, thanks for uh, listening to whatever, how far you made it. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next week. All right. See you later, man. Yep. Bye. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to this Huntington Super Special. Meet us here next week for another fun but much shorter episode. Goodbye for now. <laughs>